buddy? We're doing good, actually. We got a we got a nice uh, turnout here, live on the uh, on the Mixer dot com with episode one hundred and sixty three. What podcast? But I know that it was very ridiculous. last minute. I know it was very last minute that we had the I, well that we announced it, but we've uh, we are here now to record another performing for you another wonderful podcast to do some circuit sacks, you know. And if you can join, if you know the words, you can join in too. So put your hands together if you'd like to clap to the goal as you enjoy shuffle. our soft lyrical tunes to this monkey rap. That's right. Mm-hmm. Well, we're one hell. We're hell of guys, you know. Just, just two hell of a guys. <laughs> but yeah, we all we're all here now. Glad to be back after after a quite a uh, couple weeks since the last time we recorded. I feel like I've done a lot since the last time. We oh yeah, we've. I've uh, I've uh, done a few things. Yeah. Uh, I've I really wanted to take uh, my life seriously, so I did uh, an achievement in my life that I'm incredibly proud of, and I'd like to talk with everybody about it well, let's hear it uh, I beat Dark Souls you beat Dark Souls holy but Jesus yep it is uh, I am I am now so happy to join uh, my fellow brothers and sisters <laughs> in praising the sun it uh, is really a great game and um, you know for I, I don't think it's perfect don't hurt me but uh, no it's not I mean yeah. that the the black gulch level is is a perfect example. I think that's the name. The oh, one the, when you're in that dark ass cave. That, I mean those those, fr- those frames drop crazy in that on that level. Oh, it wasn't my favorite. Oh, that one that that one. It, you know, it's not even like the technical stuff. Although there are some problems with the technical stuff, like the camera getting caught up on things and just like it going to three frames per second when. Uh, no, like uh, when it, you know, when there's too many enemies, um, that poison place. Yeah. You know, yeah, where, you know, that, that's not good. But then there's like really arbitrary weird things. Like um, when you when you when you finally get the ability to teleport between bonfires, which by the way comes way too late in the game, <laughs> especially with on Orlando, where you gotta you 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 cannot complete that area without humanity, and yet. You, there's nowhere to get humanity in that place unless you walk all the way the hell back to the place where the gargoyle bat things dropped you off. Go back to where you started from, then farm rats for God knows how long, and then and then come back, and then to beat Woodward and Bernstein or whatever their names are, the two big bosses, and then and, and, and you know that's that's way too far in, into the game. But then this, the second thing is like, why can you only teleport? to some fireplaces and bonfires and not the other, but you can teleport from every fi- uh, bonfire to those specific teleporting ones. It just seems like, wh- why? It just it doesn't make sense. We cannot live in a world of chaos. Yeah, I mean, it's one of those games that I'm sure there's a reason for it, but they, as as a lot of From Software games, they don't, they don't tell you anything. You gotta figure it out on your own, or, or there's not really any meaning to be to be had uh, <laughs> in that game, but well, congrats, man! I'm very, I'm very, uh, I'm very happy you beat it because I know you've been, you know, kind of struggling, and that's kind of that you got to get an, over that initial hump. It's not usually like the first impressions you have with it. It's not <laughs> not the best. Uh, once you get over My... that initial hump, you know, you're you're pretty good from there. I mean, you got farther than I did. I never I never beat the first game, uh, oh. the first Dark Souls. 
Oh my gosh. I my initial hump is the entire game. Like when I finally got it, it's like, yeah, wow, new game plus, I finally get it. I had to beat the entire game to finally get why it's good. Right. <laughs> it, it it like it's like I feel it belongs alongside uh Shadow of the Colossus, Bioshock, uh, a lot you know, a lot of those big you know, video games that are just like you, you know, even if you don't like them, just try them, and you know, for artistic reason, because this is this is very much Kafka esque, just because there's there's like no reason to the story, and like everything is shrouded in ambiguity, and like, oh, maybe it's the future, maybe it's the past, is it another world? Who knows? Who cares? We don't care. You shouldn't care either. Here, feel sad. Yeah, well, I, I'll actually say that definitely give it give, give it a shot. It's gonna it's one of those games you experience, you know, once and. A very in a blue moon. It's just they're not. They don't make a lot of games like this, and and mm-hmm. from software is very good at making these particular games for for a particular audience that wants to be challenged. And that's what you know that game does. It doesn't hold your hand at all in, no. in the beginning, and you just you learn from from doing, and you learn from your mistakes. And a lot of the times, uh, if you if you do die, it's mostly your fault, and you know every every now and then it's it'll be usually the game's fault too. You know maybe you get stuck on something or the camera oh. gets gets cut off, and, and you're and you're screwed. But you know little things like that, you kind of learn to avoid as much as possible. I I agree. Eighty five percent of that I completely agree. I think it's a challenging game. It you know actually from software does a surprisingly good job. Like the sto- overall story, that's a bit hit or miss, but. The characters, I really think, are well-developed in this kind of depressing, constantly being uh, downtrodden world. Uh, and, and, you know, it is a lot of great memorization of gameplay, and it's understanding the rhythm of your enemies and your environment and what items to bring and what, and you know, pr- preparation and jolly cooperation and, um, you know, all the fun little details. There's stuff that you, you cannot prepare yourself for. And I'll mm-hmm. give you an example. It is the uh, it is right after you beat the Taurus demon, the bull demon on uh, on the castle uh, hierarchy between the two uh, towers. Mm-hmm. And uh, after you go down and talk to Solaire for the first time, then you try to go across the bridge, and oh, lo and behold, you're killed by a dragon who spews. Like you, you see a couple of skeletons, and you're like, okay, I'll kill these guys, and then proceed along my merry way. And then you're immediately killed by a dragon that comes out of nowhere, breathing fire, killing not only you but all the dra- all the little skeleton guys. There's no way you can prepare for that unless you've already seen it. Yeah, it's it's also you'll you'll get a I don't know like um, it's definitely a different experience as well. Once you replay it again, you'll you know what to expect, mm-hmm. and it's it'll also be more enlightening and probably more a little bit more. You know, enjoyable, not as stress, not as stressful as it was before the first time. Because yeah, mm-hmm. you'll have those occasional moments where you'll, you know you'll you'll get you'll get farther in the game. You know, you, you're on top of the world, and the next thing you know, you get killed <laughs> immediately by something you didn't even expect. So it's mm-hmm. the unexpected, and it's also the expected once you know what to expect. Ooh, it, <laughs> that was that was it, insane right there. It is, you know. I it, it, that is it. It just it is one of those games where I'm not entirely sure it will constantly be in my rotation of of games that I'll play, but it's definitely one that's left an incredibly lasting impression on me. Just yeah, narratively of this really depressing dark world, but also of the this great gameplay that's almost freeform. 
because it's like this certain it's not like Arkham Asylum or Arkham Knight where it's like this like polished to a mirror sheen gameplay where it's like when you're fighting you're fun, fighting all the time you don't need to worry about the environment but you know when you're fighting it's like this awkward dance between uh, physics and like what uh, your intentions and where the game is like sometimes your hitboxes won't be right and sometimes you'll be like oh come on how in the world was I supposed to see that and then just it, it, it's it's beautiful it, it really is <laughs> I gotta oh, yeah. say, from software, bravo! You guys have made something that um, is quite memorable, and something that really has never been tried before, and never really been duplicated, unless it's been a, a from software game. Especially with the the ability to just like it's like this, it, the in- intermingling between single player and multiplayer. I gotta say, that's really really well done. Yeah, also good use of. Uh... A backtracking and it's uh, very Metroidvania esque mm. as well. I mean, uh, uh, actually, an actual good Metroidvania game, and that's in th- you know, three D game. Uh, not comparing to like the two D ones that are. You're right. Yeah. So it's... that's probably the closest you'll you'll get to a probably good three D uh, Metroidvania game nowadays, since <clears throat> you well, don't really get Prime. much Metroid Prime. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's really, really one of those good games that. Uh, you know, you gotta you gotta play at least once uh, an experience for the first time. So I, I I salute you, Ch. If you if you're able to beat Dark Souls, I'm sure you won't have a problem at all with Dark Souls too, because they're they, they tweak some no. things there. Please, they tweak some no things more. there, and and it's it made it a little bit more accessible, but it's still challenging. I think you'll probably enjoy Dark Souls two more. That that's just from my experience. Um, I think you'll enjoy it more, and and nowadays, if you're if you're playing on a 360, I'm sure you can get it for for cheap now. Or um, I think I would I would I would recommend you give it a shot if you want to get into that world again of Dark Souls and did and you? Bloodborne. I would I would say <laughs> oh, yeah. well, I I did believe, uh, beat Bloodborne too. Um, oh, dude, awesome! From the, the last time we spoke, I did beat it. It was a uh, uh, it was a never ending cycle. I didn't, I never thought I'd get it. I never, I never beat it. It took me like. 40 something hours to beat it but I did it oh my gosh man I I, I it, you know whenever you beat a from software game I now understand it there's this it's a good feeling it's it's this good feeling it's like just after sweet adult relations shall I say where it's like you got the sense of accomplishment you feel great and then there's this stillness and you're not quite sure how to address it and the longer you look at that stillness, the more uncomfortable you are. <laughs> Until you're just like, I gotta do it again. But it needs to be different. It needs to be more en- exciting, energetic. And then that's when Bloodborne comes in. And then that's when your lover leaves you saying, listen, I, was th- I thought we were going to have a nice date night, but I guess you're just playing Blood- Bloodborne again. You made the right choice. Bloodborne. Man. We as, bore- much- we're- hmm? as much as... Uh, I don't know. I... I- as much as I respect your decision, I get an Xbox One. I would have said I would have said to get <laughs> jump on board of the PS4, get that Bloodborne. Dude, I was I was I was on the fence for the longest time. You know, you know me. I was one of the the one of the guys who's just like I just think that adopting a new console's stupid. Like the closest thing that I would get was a Wii U, and then I was looking at the games like, damn it, all my buddies are getting ps4s and i want to you know play with them and the xbox one doesn't have that many good exclusives 
and then I just saw at the end of the day, it's like, oh yeah, I'm a big dumb, a huge Halo nerd, and <laughs> that was my real saving grace. But uh, no, that was I, I know that was your selling point for sure. It was to get the well, one of them was to get the the Halo Master Chief Collection, and also uh, the next Halo game coming out. So. Yeah, I definitely can't blame you for that. I mean, you're you're definitely a fan of of of, of Halo. I mean, if if Hitman was on Xbox One, I wouldn't I would have gotten <laughs> one too. I mean, I'm not gonna lie. Uh, <laughs> yeah, it's I'm it, I'm I'm a fanboy, of course, and I love. Oh, and and uh, we have something else to talk about later, but we'll save that for uh, another point. But yeah. uh, you know, the PS4 Bloodborne looks awesome. I I love the fact that it looks just as weird, but just that. Uh, like the dark can, uh, the dark uh, oil candles of uh, you know a London, uh, not medieval, but um, it's what's very, that? T- it's very dark uh, Victorian. Yes, style. that's the word. Victorian. I love that. I love that. It, it's the game. It's probably the best looking game on the PS4. Uh, tri cornered hats. I love tri cornered <laughs> hats. It's that. Yeah, stuff. It's uh, it's next to Last of Us. Is probably one of the best looking games on the PS4 um, <laughs> right now. For sure. So I, I, yeah, Bloodborne was great. I mean, I'm, I haven't played it in a while. I, I played a little bit of New Game Plus to, con, you know, to kind of get into it again, cause just to hold me over over like the the you know the big game that came out this month. That was what what I've been mm-hmm. playing for the last God knows how long. I I, <laughs> I, I I was looking at the, I was looking at the character stats. I don't know if this is accurate or not, or maybe. Maybe I'm just kind of telling myself I did not spend this much hours playing this game, but like on the The Witcher Three, <laughs> mm-hmm. what we're talking about, you can look at the player stats. It says how many, how long you've been playing, and it goes by like days, hours, minutes, and seconds. And I looked at it, it. it's like what the? I've been playing for three days total, so that's what, like what, seventy-two hours. Oh, did your beard look exactly like uh, Geralt's in the in the game? Uh, you know, I wish I could grow a beard, but I I got I don't have that I don't have that mode unlocked yet it says dlc for me to get it to get a beard well, i can't grow a beard to save my life a cg project red will hook you up sometime in the future because they get they're just giving out dlc yeah so i mean on to that i might as well yeah oh yeah get into the topic of discussion on that but before we get on to that i want to think want to thank everybody listening right now in the chat we got six people on chat, I mean, thank Ooh, you, thank you very much for joining you... us, folks, uh, on this very last uh, minute uh, announcement of of this live show even going on. So, very much appreciated to Gibby, Deep Voice, Big Red, hello, hello, hello. Steve Rome, Elliot, and uh, Mr. Conviction. Thank you all for tuning in tonight. Feel free to ask us any questions. We'll be sure to answer them throughout the show and. Um, uh, whenever I see him, I'll, I'll bring him up. So there'll be the occasional uh, me going back and forth with my comments, and whoever's uh, says anything in here that I'll that I'll just say live for for those who listen on the archives. So we kind of they mm-hmm. kind of know what the hell's going on. So other than that, let's uh, the big the big game dropped at last. I've been waiting. We've been waiting for for years for this. The, the Witcher Three. Oh. Cinepaja Red's magnum opus, in my opinion. Well, they have outdone themselves. I gotta say, I thought Witcher Two was great. One of those flawed masterpieces. No, 
I wouldn't even say masterpiece, but a very flawed, great game where it is a where it was just this in, interesting, dark look at fantasy. You know, right at the turn of of uh, of audience shifts from like Lord of the Rings to Game of Thrones. This is a whole different level. This is like going from it, it's its own thing, and I gotta say, it is huge. It is sprawling. It is. Love what a game! What a lovely game, where it's just oh, it is packed. What I love about it is that it, this is a huge game, but every corner of the world is brimming with with animal life or activities to do, or and all of them are well written. It's not. It's like the size of Skyrim or Red Dead Redemption or Grand Theft Auto Five. I, I don't even know what the uh, dimensions are, but instead of everything feeling like, oh, okay, well, hey, you better catch that guy. He's stole my money. It's like it's this. They like they make every side quest memorable, or like, or well written, or you know, the characters interesting, and it's never nothing ever feels half assed. Where it, you know, even Red Dead Redemption, some of the some of the side quests are like, hey, you need to go to this side of the map to go get some buried treasure. This is like, okay, here's you know, you and me, we're going to go, like, I'm going to hire you as my bodyguard. Okay, wait a minute, it's a political conspiracy. Wait a minute, it's this thing. Wait a minute, it's his long-lost twin brother. It's like that, <laughs> it's one thread leading to another, and it's like, the, and by the time you're done with it, it's like, wow, that could have been, like, the main storyline of a lesser RPG. Yeah, for sure. It's, it's a mix of a lot of games. There's Red Dead, Skyrim, and in terms of scope... Mm-hmm. And Red Dead just kind of going from place to place on horse. Oh, uh, yeah. I'd say the ho- the horse mechanics are, are better in here than Red Dead, but they're not they're not perfect either. It kind of it kind of gets a little a little janky at, po- at parts. <laughs> but uh, oh yeah, it it, it it is it is uh yeah really a, a fantastic game. I like like you were mentioning with the side quest. I'm really impressed on the side quest. The side quests can. Are almost feel like main story quests because they're so. It's not just a simple like fetch quest. You go here and there, and that's it, and then you're done with it. It, it is a very long. It could it can be. I I remember looking at one of the side quests. Like, this is this a side quest or a main mission? And I looked at it as a side <laughs> quest, and it took me like four hours to finish. It's like this is a long side quest. This could be like easily <laughs> DLC for, mm-hmm. for a game, and it's just it just blows my mind. Uh, Thank God WB Ooh. wasn't the sole publisher of of this game. You know, they, they're the, for the North American distribution because if they were the worldwide distributor, then it would be like, okay, we're gonna slice all this up into different little bits of content. We're gonna have uh, this merch. Like, oh, you want to unlock new beards? That's ten dollars. Oh, you want to uh, in- talk with this Baron about his uh, wife and child that have gone missing? Oh, that's twenty dollars. Like it, these guys have crammed. So much, and fu- and I gotta say, as much as I love the Bioware games, uh, they could uh, their facial animations are good, but their eyebrows don't move. It's like the acting of Kristen Stewart, and but these guys, they've got the facial animations down. Like they like it's not just like oh look how widely I'm swinging my arms. It's like slight twitches of eyebrows or slight movements with lips. Like they are able to convey so much in acting. And not only that, their writing is in fantastic. They are, they have just God, just how much to, like they have sly jokes. They have repeating jokes. They have 
characters who are just like mesh perfectly together. There's like it's never it's never just exposition dumps or character exposition dumps. It's it's always hey, guess what? This is a really well written world, and you have to pay attention to things around you. And there's just it just so much character and love put into everything. It is it is very <clears throat> it's very surprising how how uh, well written the the game was, uh, especially. Mm-hmm. How it, it had it was it had a lot of uh, uh, comedic elements to it. I was surprised as to how much there's so much uh, funny moments mm-hmm. and comedic uh, yeah. moments in this game that I was I was I was really I was really enjoying it. Just how the, you see the interacting of of Gerald and his other and his other companions. It was just so funny. That I, mean, I just got oh, done yeah. doing a side quest where they got drunk. And and things happen. <laughs> I don't want to spoil it, but it, things happen. <laughs> they got mm-hmm. drunk, and it was like the, the most funniest thing I've ever seen. And, it, and I felt mm-hmm. like they, I felt like they, they, they humanized Gerald a little bit more. I, I felt that there wasn't as much of that in the second game. Not to, not to say it wasn't a mm-hmm. bad thing, but it definitely helps, like, uh, not keep it just like one tone, and and, and also kind yeah. of convey that even though this world is pretty harsh, there's still some like very. You know, very beautiful moments and very uh, lighthearted moments that can be had in in this world. No matter how kind of grim it is, and you know, just how much uh, you know racism and, and a lot of other things going on here that that take place, mm-hmm. and doesn't seem like it's is that that much of a whole dreary world. That's why I would say that people like to compare it to like what's what's like a what's a darker world to be in well, either The Witcher or or The Game of Thrones, but mm-hmm. there's still some. Because uh, I don't think there's not as much of that in Game of Thrones. It's just very dark and gloomy all the time. So I, it, I can't even give it or any comparisons to that. Right. Um. Yeah, I was just really impressed. I was really surprised to to see how much of that was in here. And it is, it, it, even in the books, I, I, there's really not much of that either mm-hmm. in there. And to, to to see them put that much effort into the writing. And more humanizing to Gerald was really, really impressive to see. I I got to agree, and I like the fact that they portray the Witchers, who essentially this dying cast of of men only, since uh, it, it essentially can only be men uh, for the rights of like monster hunters. But they're dying out, and the process makes them incredible, like blunted emotions. It's like they don't. Where The Witcher 2 kind of makes them emotionless, The Witcher 3 makes them with this sort of very subdued. Like, it, the largest thing that, that you can get out of them emotionally is a smile. And it's it, it's just such a fascinating uh, dichotomy of, of kind of these characters in this world. I think it's not like Game of Thrones, and I think it's more similar to a detective novel or a detective story, because these Witchers are a part of society yet rejected by society. They hunt monsters and are paid for it, but they're feared and really loathed because of it. They are within and without. And, you know, you you essentially stay away from, unlike Game of Thrones or Lord of the Rings, where like it, they're a part of these big climactic armies and battles, you're really on the outskirts looking at these, where, where like the big overall story doesn't matter. It's just this one man's personal journey and his connections with people and right. what he values. And, you know, that's why, like, the whole Nilfgaardian war with the North, it, it feels so uh, it feels so far away and distant 
where you, you you see the ramifications of it. You meet people who are involved in it, but it just never feels like that's what you need to be focusing on. Because in the story, your uh, Geralt is trying to find uh, his apprentice Siri, and it it's just uh, you know he's trying to track her down because that's really the only last remnants of a family he has, and he essentially gets together and meets his remainders of what what's left of his friends and tries to really stitch together some sort of life out of it. And of course, as a witcher, you'll be going here to there to meet very morally ambiguous characters and places where it's not just like, oh, in like for instance, in Game of Thrones, if you do something in the t in the television show version anyway, if you do something bad, for, you could do something bad for a good reason. You can see it. This has ramifications like three choices down the line, where if you do something bad to do a good result, but it turns out you did, you've done something bad that alters the character this much, and it has this ending, where you'll you will never know, you know, without looking at, of course, wiki uh, wiki uh, story bits. But uh, if you're just playing it straight without any helpful hints, you will never know where your choices will end up. And that's what I love about it, where it's kind of the immediate here and now with the with the information presented to me. Uh, what can I do? And that's really all you can do, which is, you know, a very very interesting morale a moral decision to take. Right. I mean, that's what I, I enjoy the most out of it because I, I put too much thought in the choices I make in Mass Effect, and mm-hmm. nine times out of ten, they they usually lead to the same kind of conclusion or or uh, either one or two different alternatives of what you'll get out of a scene but in in you mm-hmm. know Witcher they continue the tradition as they did in the in the last game the Witcher 2 with uh the choices not being indicated in any kind of color or text they're just choices you select and they don't really make it apparent as to if this is a you know good or bad choice or if this is as you just kind of take from it what you see in the text and just pretty much the interaction you have with a certain character that you know, you'll feel that you'll have to act a certain way. Mm-hmm. I mean, and also felt the same, the same way in the latter part of the game. That that choices that I made had small had some effects uh, later on, like twenty hours ago. Mm-hmm. Had effects that I saw that happen and occur to me. And even one of the first, one of the first choices you do make, you'll see the ramifications in just the game, pretty much yeah. telling you telling you that there's no good or bad choice. It's just you choose a lesser evil. And, mm-hmm. and that was kind of apparent in the trailer, uh, from one of the original trailers, the CGI trailer for for this game. That it's just more of a, it's a black and white world, and you just choose the the lesser evil, mm-hmm. and kind of you choose what you feel is, is is the best choice at the time, and it may not be an, a good result on the later half, but you know it's the choice you made. You just it's not one of those things. It's just like it's like an endless string of of consequences and possibilities that can happen it's just like real life you don't really know yeah. what kind of effects it may have down the line it's just, you just kind of make the choice and run with it and that definitely was apparent uh, one of the mm-hmm. first things you see was was, was the crones uh, storyline oh yeah that one was uh, that, was, that was intense and, and it also bled into the I don't know if it was a side quest or it was like a even the side quest kind of blended into the main quest as well but if uh, <clears throat> I don't know if it was the side quest or the main quest, but the Bloody Baron quest line was also bled into 
either a main or, or a side quest as well. When that was a pretty good, that was a pretty good storyline. I enjoyed mm-hmm. it quite quite a lot. I mean that, that, that even the side quests have more story than Destiny. <laughs> you know? I think that is pretty safe to say because most of the time it's just like one person telling you, "Oh, you best beware of this enemy on." Jupiter or whatever. Now get the hell out of my face, and then that's it. And I, I, there's, it, it, you know. But fortunately, there are sometimes there are black and white uh, choices. Like, oh, will you stop this mugging or not? It, like, it's not always just like morally ambiguous all the way through, which is nice, just because it's a nice change of pace. Because you got your palate cleanser of like, oh, okay, I can do like a genuinely good thing for somebody. But then there's. It, like there, I, I interrupted to, just to tell you kind of how weird this game is. Not weird, but uh, morally conflicting it is. This woman who is an elf in the city was being hassled by two men. I went on over and said, like, hey, stop that, knock it off. And she, and instead of her being grateful, she's like, oh, thanks, now I'm going to, you know, they're going to come back and make it even worse for me. I'm like... Uh, you know, I could just say you, you know, a thank you wouldn't have gone out of the way. You know, I, you know, she's like, oh, it's worse here for elves. Like, uh, you know, you could just say thanks or whatever. She's like, why? You didn't do anything for me. It's like, okay, you know what? Now that col- colored my morality here. Now I will be more wary than to just randomly help people who I think <laughs> are in trouble. Honestly, like things like that feel really true to life. Uh, that one especially, like, oh, uh, yeah. some people don't like being helped even though that they're in a bad situation and you know make you feel like crap just you know sticking your nose in there even though it was <laughs> you know you thought it was the right thing you can because games taught you to do the right thing and then you get yep. and you get yelled at for it this is this is not what's <laughs> supposed to happen and listen to spike lee just do the right thing and was, i think that was hmm? the same quest that i did too it may have been that or i don't know if she was an elf or but it was in a it was in a bar and then later oh, on, and then oh. later on, she like came back again, like a re- almost like a recurring character. It's like, hey, I remember that witcher. You made it worse <laughs> for me for helping me. It's like, what, what the hell? Where'd you come from? It's <laughs> and like, I helped you. What's wrong with you? Uh, that and like, for instance, I saved a guy from I won't say what, and then he comes back. It's like, oh my god, he's actually a terrible human being. Why in the world did I do that? And there's just it, a lot of the side characters come back in just these interesting ways and in ways you don't normally expect or you know the whole uh you know is the for instance is the worser evil sometimes better to have than the lesser because with the we got horse son jr and his old side quest just figuring out how he fits into everything and i was thinking to myself if i do this and i get rid of this particular person i won't say who um Will it make it better or worse? Even though I was fairly determined in the beginning, like, no, no, this is my morality. I was like, I don't know, just because this game always trips me up. And, you know, even even characters I like in this game, like uh, Yennefer, Triss, uh, 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 of course, Dandelion, but uh, uh, who's the, the dwarf? I Not Dalton. Sultan. Sultan, I yeah. always think about... Uh... Do as my car every, every time I see him. Zoltan. Zoltan. <laughs> you got the hole in one. <laughs> it, um, you know, even like everyone's morality 
is yeah. slightly askew, where it's not just like, oh, they're always likable, they always do the right thing, where, you know, sometimes they'll make decisions that you just, like, you say, okay, that that's not the wisest thing to do, or they're going with their, or, or, they, or their logic leads them to this assumption, or, you know, they'll screw over somebody who genuinely trusts them for their own sake, and it's a very, very interesting set, like, they're obviously, night you know, more agreeable people than the others, but uh, it, they still are fleshed out, and it's like no character is perfect. Everyone has their flaws, but everyone also has their strengths, and it's up to you to figure out which ones where. Yeah, that is very true. Um, I had that happen a couple times. A few examples were with Zoltan and and uh, Dandelion. They had some things going on, which you end up doing side quests for them. I mean, Zoltan was one was one where he had like. He had some gambling issues, and then and then <laughs> went on to this like long side quest about like fighting over cards. Like, and then after I finished, it's like what? I, I this spent, better be I, like Yu-Gi-Oh, like I where spent, the monsters actually come to life. <laughs> I spent like a, like an hour or two, kind of kind of go through this whole quest, and it was all for like a bunch of cards, a bunch of playing cards. Dude, you're talking about Gwent, which is my new obsession now. Because damn it, I didn't think I'd give a a rap that's ass about card games. Uh, I, oh, speaking of uh, tag it before, yep, I uh, Gwent, yeah. You know what? Uh, you know, I, I, I wasn't. I love I was, Gwent. Yeah, I wasn't too hot on it in the beginning um, because I really didn't understand. How, how, but it's really simple. It's a really mm-hmm. simple game. It's just more of a it's more of a game of chance. Like if you get to get enough better cards with with higher points, kind of higher yeah. attack points, and you just kind of keep piling and piling uh, attack points and try to beat the other's uh, number until mm-hmm. they kind of either run out of cards or they uh, you know if they're not doing anything they just pretty much pass and I don't really mm-hmm. know I really I don't know how it works where you'll end up like winning <laughs> like if <there's> how many <laughs> turns it takes to win like I'm like I, I, that I don't understand maybe I have to look at it again it, at first I didn't really I didn't really get it and I really wasn't interested but I kind of got into it a little bit but now I'm not doing too much of it uh, what was the name of that card game back in Knights of the Old Republic? Kazak. Kazak. Oh, yeah, that was that was like really back in Knights of the Old Republic. You remember where it was like uh, on uh, Terrace, where the, where it's like, oh, learn this card game and you'll have fun. I was like, yeah, I'm not going to do that. I like my my Jedi, like being a Jedi, kind of takes a little bit more precedence than this card game. Whatever, uh, it, and. Yeah, Gibby, I'm sorry. I Pazaka's okay. It's interesting, but I was just like, I I can't. I don't have the mental prowess for this. So, <laughs> but it's it's Gwent was one of those things where I was like, oh, okay, it's just like another card game, whatever. It's probably a throwaway thing. But then I started getting the cards. I started getting better, and now I'm media uh, mildly invested in this, and I'm probably going to be become majorly obsessed with this. This is how cults start, where it's like. <laughs> oh my gosh! There's no way that this could be the, the, this addictive, but it is. I don't know why, but it seems like almost any open world game it has to have a card game. Like Red Dead had a card game, <laughs> and then this has a card game. It's it's I don't know wh- why why that is, but I don't mind it. Um, it was mm-hmm. a little bit overwhelming the first time they introduced it because I had to go because they had to pretty much explain almost a lot of things to you in the beginning how it works and I just kind of <laughs> skipped through some of it because I didn't really w- was interested in it mm-hmm. it almost seems like every character you could talk to you could play Gwent I mean you, you talk to like 
well, you know, you get he has a few conversations with the Wild Hunt, and then you know, all of a sudden you see you want to play Gwent. It's like it's that kind of game, huh? <laughs> or it's like you you kill some drowners, then you meet the drowner master. It's like ah, I shall kill you, Witcher. It's like uh, you want to play some Gwent first, okay? Yeah, things like that. It, yeah, very it's a very fast, very vast game. Like the only, I don't, mm. I can't say I have a lot, a whole lot of issues with it. I know that it's. Uh, it's just Dallas. I mean, it's just a. It's it's, a, it's that much of an ex- expansive game that it's kind of not without its its bugs. The only bugs I ever oh, yeah. had was like some. There were some graphical bugs where it happens a lot. I noticed, but it's not. It's not. It's not the kind of bugs that break the game. They're not Assassin's Creed Unity bugs that break the game. But they're just oh, no, like Trish's little. Face doesn't just magically disappear. <laughs> I'd be. I mean, I wouldn't be surprised. She's she's a sorcerer, so I. It, 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 <laughs> you know, it's in continuity of the game. It's like okay, making clothes disappear. That's great. Making your face disappear. Let's cut that option back. Yeah, things things like that don't don't really happen. But there's there's you know there's graphical bugs and and occasional yeah. you know a f- few little you know common bugs you see now and then like the the you know the the environments don't load right away in, in the cutscene some things like don't load like you're yeah, in a texture you're in a, yeah texture pop-ins you're in a forest and the next thing you know they're in the house but the house hasn't loaded yet things like that <laughs> and 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 people like ho- people holding like uh brooms and brushing like they're cleaning and then they have no broom <laughs> the broom hasn't loaded small, the small they, things out there are kind of funny maybe uh, it's like mr miyagi where they're just training like sweep left sweet right that may be it um, other than that, I I haven't had a whole lot of experience that that broke the game for me. Like other than like I only had one instance where like I meditated to, you know, regain my my health, and then and then the game took like two minutes to load, for some weird reason, and that was the only thing. That was pretty much it. I know a, a recent patch did did uh, did help fix a few things. There's still, you know, some bugs here and there, but it's not as I mentioned game breaking to to really fault it. And I, 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 for a huge game like this, I, I couldn't expect, uh, you know, it, bugs to happen. So I, I you know, it, it, things happen, and, and you know, you're gonna get bugs. Mm-hmm. It's just well, a, such the way mm-hmm. the, it's just the way of the game. Yeah, especially with something this enormous, and just I was actually really surprised that there weren't more. Where it's just like where it wasn't constant. Where there are some problems with collision detection, but they're so infrequent. I, I got I got to say they're trifling compared to the overall experience. I loved it. The combat is oh, it's it's a joy, especially when I can find I finally learned how to repost in this game. I didn't use it once in The Witcher 2. And then this this game actually finally sat down and was like, "Okay, we'll we'll give you an, a good reason to actually repost cuz it works this time around." Oh yeah, I hated that in in Witcher 2. Like I could not figure it out or or it didn't work for me. I couldn't I I was trying to figure out how to parry and it like and just never worked because it used up stamina I think and if I didn't have enough stamina I couldn't do it so uh. I pretty much I kind of cheesed my way through the whole game like instead of just trying to do it I just kind of rolled around I did a lot of rolling <laughs> to avoid getting hit they see me rolling I'm a witcher <laughs> they trying to catch me out devise and dirty uh, but- yeah a lot of rolling uh, this is this is probably more it was more streamlined this time to be uh, more of an RPG. Like it's, it's mm. there's a lot of menus in the game, but they're they're easier to navigate to. 
Oh my uh, gosh, yeah. In the, like in the, the alchemy stuff? Yeah, that's like, that alchemy one in the second one was like, ooh. I was like... Looking I think at the, I actually I like, had to be an alchemist to like, like figure it out. like at the periodic table and trying to make sense of it. <laughs> it's like, okay, I need three grams of this, but I also need a dragon scale, and I also need... You know what? I can just, like, kill you and then not have to worry about this. I don't have to futz around with, like, specter oil. But in, in the third game, Wild Hunt, it is streamlined to the point of you, you need to find the ingredients, and you can make the alchemic... Uh, potions outside of combat and you can't really do that in combat so you just need to get the right stuff but it immensely helps you in the game where if you're fighting if you're fighting a particular character or a particular monster then you like it really helps not to mention uh cat you need cat in this game if you ever want to see in the dark i actually haven't really used it i, I couldn't find like the ingredients I, I think maybe later on when you do a certain quest you can it'll, it'll give you it but I never really used it. Like I know that it was. I know Cat for sure was very essential in the second game because you go through some parts of the game where it's very dark. So I I used that a lot in the second one. I can't say for the third one that I've really used. I I, I have not put any points in, in alchemy. I don't really use alchemy for my weapons at all. Really, the only <laughs> time I ever use it is to make bombs, and that's pretty much about it. Yeah, the bombs are very helpful. So I just kind of invest collecting. Uh, any particulars that I find out in the in, in the wilderness and use to make bombs, that's really about it. I don't I don't really delve a lot into alchemy. It's just it's too much too much work to gather ingredients and mm-hmm. and uh, I know that it's probably useful for sure in certain situations. If you really wanna if you really like if you really wanna get into it and also like research like some of the animals oh, you're, gonna, you're, you're gonna fight, it's definitely it's definitely gonna help. Mm-hmm. Uh I ended up changing it to like the second difficulty level, which allows you to meditate and, and regain health. Like the normal, oh yeah, I think the regular difficulty doesn't allow you to do that. So it, it kind of once because early in the game is kind of a little bit of a initial initial hump to get over. Once you kind of get over, it, you're 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 good. Because I have the instinct of fighting any enemy I see, and then you'll. <laughs> it's different in this one because in this one, quests and enemies have numbers on them to associate their level so if you mm-hmm. fight an enemy that's a higher level than you nine, nine times out of ten you're probably not going to kill him even if yeah. you do it's going to take you like a while to beat him I know I did a quest I was like level 11 and I did a quest just to get like better armor and, 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 and weapons I, I, I did it for the sole purpose of doing that but it was mm-hmm. like at level 24 and I was <laughs> and I was fighting dwarves dwarves it took me like thirty minutes to beat them because they took so long to kill because they're they're such a high level of me and I could I was doing no damage to them. Listen, Literally. Thorin and his company are very determined to get back their gold. All right, so you should you should have take you should have prepared before taking them on. It was it was it felt almost like a bloodborne boss fight. It took me like <laughs> it took me that long to beat them, and I used kind of my you know my my skills and, and patience with bloodborne just to you know overcome this. Mm-hmm. This, I, I, uh, this 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 thing that I had to do, I had to do it. It I would actually say very very yes I agree with that I don't know what why that wasn't a sentence. Um, <laughs> I I agree with you very much so in terms of the combat is very much like a dark uh, a from software game where it's you know timing rolling uh, figuring out enemies uh, animation ticks and figuring out like what when the right time is to parry and. Uh, if you're playing it on harder difficulties, like figuring out how to heal yourself efficiently, um, 
Especially since the game doesn't pause for you to heal up and it's not immediate. Yeah, because like when you eat like a piece of of uh, wolf liver or or uh, or drink water, you're it, it's it's slowly recovering. So you have like ten seconds of health recovery. It's not like oh, you get twenty points of health. Yeah, I don't mind it. I I feel like it. It's not really one of my favorite parts to go through. With is trying to recover health. Like that's why I changed the difficulty level just so that I can just immediately meditate. Even like. When you're in a main quest, or and then you have to, and you finish fighting like a an enemy that before a boss, you can pretty much meditate almost any time you want. Uh, I I just didn't want to go through the hassle of having to collect a bunch of items and and, and delve into uh, alchemy that just regain my health. I felt like it was it was a bit too much for me uh, to mm-hmm. to go through that. So I just kind of I, I went down a notch for the difficulty level, and it's. Uh, it's still challenging oh. enough to go through. It's just that there's some things that you can do now that you couldn't do before uh, mm-hmm. with a higher difficulty. Just just for the example of uh, meditating and, and regaining health, which you, which you can do uh, like on the third or third difficulty level and above. Um, mm. And to answer your question, Deep Boyce, uh, I, I don't, I can't say that this game really goes off of certain builds for sure. For 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 sure, I mean, I haven't really noticed it because I just kind of I play how I. I just I le- I level certain things to kind of attribute to how I play, and I I pretty much spent a lot of points in Gwen, <clears throat> in Quen because that's a good that's a, I, I did the same thing in Witcher Two. It's a very useful uh, skill to the le- the level up, and you know you you can pretty much put a protective barrier over you, and you can kind of get away with getting hit a few times, and and also oh yeah, and also just uh, reflects and pushes back any enemies that hit you, and, and does a little bit of damage. I've also now that I've Invested points into that. I've also been putting in into the uh, the igni and also the the yard. Mm-hmm. The yard the yard is very good on the second alternative uh, level, which is kind of like a trap that you know fires like magic spells at them instead of slowing them down. That's another cool. I mean, there's also alternatives to those mm-hmm. to those main. Uh, which powers you have, which is pretty cool to put in, and you put in you put them in like these skill skill uh, diamonds and, and certain things you can take out and put back in. So you, oh, can't, yeah. you can't use all the you can't use all of them quite yet. You got you got to kind of figure out what you want to do. If you want use Quen all the time, you got to leave it in this slot. If you want to use the fire, you mm-hmm. just kind of pick and choose what you want to do. And there's only it's only a certain amount of slots you get open until you level up more to put it into certain skills that you want to do. So I don't know if we really can say that there's certain builds. Not like it's not like comparing it to RPGs, like Splinter Cell, mm-hmm. like having a certain like the Predator play style and things like that. It's just kind of it's just kind of there. It's just it's more on the it's more on the skills and, and certain powers you use that kind of make it shape the way you want to play and how you play. So if you if you don't mm-hmm. use if you're better at dodging, you don't really need to use Quinn. So you may use something else. So. Depends. Yeah. It really depends. I'm a big sword guy, so I went in with light and heavy attacks first. Yeah, for sure. That's the way to go. That's what I did in uh, Witcher 2, and also in getting up a lot of health. Oh that's, my that's gosh. What, yeah. That one's good, too. It's... I Absolutely. Just wait for your... You know, wait until, like, when they, they give you the level recommendations, it's best that you, you know, adhere to them. As much as you might want to try just to... To uh, stick, 
uh, to thumb your nose at the gods that, uh, you know, it's probably good to try to not take on the level 28 uh, Cyclops when you're just level 5. And I gotta say, uh, the, um, uh, the rock trolls in this game, those are some of my favorite uh, species of fictional monsters ever. I, I just love how stupid they are. They are just, they're just like it's adorable how dumb they are. Yeah, where it's yeah. very, they're very simple and and one minded there. And it's just like their logic is just so hilarious, but they're also it's hard. It's like not easy. It's not easy to forget that. Oh yeah, they're kind of violent, vicious creatures, but they're so stupid that you can just trick them all the time. Like Bart and uh, Trollo, which uh, oh, oh, CD Projekt Red, you guys are good. I like you. Where it's it, they just have oh, the, the way they speak is it's just it, it's hilarious too. They're so imaginative, and it's never it's always a joy to hear them talk. Yeah, I actually like uh, interacting with them as 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 much as like you you like to fight them. They're kind of too. They're kind of too. Um, what's the word? They're they're kind of too. Uh, uh, I'm kind of trying to come up with the word here. They're kind of too ignorant to really see as a threat. Um, you can kind of kind of uh, trick your way into dialogues with them a lot. Oh yeah, you, you can sidestep not, them. Yeah, you can you can pretty much do what you want. You can kind of talk your way around them, you know, which is usually the easiest part. The world they're, they're is kind of... better for having these trolls in them, so I just like try to avoid fighting <laughs> them as much as possible. Yeah, they're kind of they're kind of challenging to to fight if you want to go that route. Um, mm. but, oh, they're but... involved in one quest at the end. I won't tell you what, but it's they are very very tough fighters. Yeah, I think I might know what you're talking about, but um, there's a few instances where I did have my interactions with them. Mm-hmm. I haven't done. The, I still want to do that one quest where I'm trying to find paint for this one rock monster. Oh yeah, that's I, I haven't good. Gone, I haven't really gone to it yet. There's a lot. Of, like I get distracted because there's so much going on, and I kind of do the main quest and then come back to the side quests when I need to level up for for another main quest that requires me to be at a at a higher level. I mean, usually you usually can get away with like playing certain main quests at at a higher level, maybe like a two or three levels above you. You're, you can kind of get away with it. Anything mm-hmm. above that, it's uh, yeah, it's gonna be gonna be a little bit harder to to get done. Enemies, you know, take more damage, uh, and it takes you, and you get you can get killed really easily too. Like, uh, you know, one hit kills sometimes. It's, it's that is that is that bad? Um, mm-hmm. So I wouldn't recommend it. Do some other side quests and you know stick to it. Uh, yeah. I will say the music is fin- fantastic. Oh music. my god, yeah. <laughs> That's the perfect battle music right there. And they capture each area perfectly. Like uh, Skellige, where you have that just like sweeping orchestral choir oh, yeah. as you're as you're sailing on the ocean. Like that's the only, that one of the only games where just like, of course, Wind Waker, but just traveling on the ocean is actually enjoyable just because of how beautiful it is. Yeah, that's one of the one of the cool things. I mean, it's really it's really mainly mainly used for tr- for travel. You don't really do it's not like it's not like any boat battles you do or anything like nothing to the effect of Assassin's Creed. You just mainly mainly use it as transportation to get from one map to the other. Uh, only if you haven't been 
to to a certain area that requires you to be on a boat, would you would you take it? Uh, mm-hmm. I've been kind of bad about it, just kind of. Oh, no, no worries. I've been kind of in a rush certain in certain things. I just rather like you can you can fast travel from like a boat to the other. Which is cool. I like that you're making that. the environmental uh, environmental artists cry, but whatever, you know, it's your I know. prerogative. <laughs> I know there's so it's so massive that you can kind of see a, a whole lot of things while even while even on the ocean, you know, there's not much there, but you can see mm-hmm. just how the scenery and the in the environment just in the background is just so well detailed and everything. The is everything is not doesn't feel rep- repetitive or reused. Everything seems different. You know, mm-hmm. you know where you're at, depending on the environments, and you, you know, the way you've been there so long in certain quests. They just, they all feel fresh and new. Mm-hmm. I feel like they don't, they don't use any like assets, and the whole game feels fresh. Actually, like there's nothing, there's no, there's no real quest you do that's like the same as the other. They're all kind of different. Absolutely, especially with uh, the mechanics you are given in the game, where it's whether it's dialogue or whether it's fighting. Whether it's alchemy, every time you are given a quest, it is something at least in a variation different. It it doesn't nothing ever feels the same. For instance, you might have to lose a fight, so you'll have to actually go against beating the crap out of your enemy, or it's maybe getting brewing together a potion for a certain person, or it's figuring out a wolf spell in uh, to reverse lichen three uh, lichen throat B, I guess. Uh, or you could just outright kill the guy if if you don't like him, but it's just it's just, it, it's massive and just so creative on how these people have used not only the various dialogue way uh, mechanics of figuring out how to complete a side quest, but also the gameplay mechanics as well. <laughs> yeah, yeah. The, uh, Steve Rome said, uh, "Screw that higher vampire," and I gotta say, yeah, that is. Oh boy, I I did not have any oil for that for the higher vampire fight, and so that was just not fun. Uh, I'm trying to remember which one. Was it the one that you, it, the one that involved people getting getting killed in mysterious ways every now and then? Is that the one uh, that you're investigating? It, it, that it, it that involved you, the hospital. Yeah, I think you talk to you talk to. I mean, you go down in the morgue. You talk to a guy in the morgue, and, and this other guy that works there was helping you out. Is that the one? It's the one where everyone look. It's like it's like playing that. It's like playing the girl with the dragon tattoo, where everybody is like a perfect candidate for being the villain. Where it's like everyone is really dark and really disturbed. It's like, oh, don't you know what he did? Oh, he's got a mysterious past. He could be him. Like every single person has that uh, in in the storyline. But yeah, that's the one. Oh. Yeah, I remember that one very, very vividly. I mean, it was very. That's a that was a pretty good one. I, I, I mean, almost everything is good. You get you get a little bit of taste of everything. I mean, there's some. There's like a main quest I did. It felt like a horror. It felt like a horror game. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and there's also I like how you know they take elements from other games, and it's like you know it's more investigative. It's more like uh, Batman doing some of these like. Mm-hmm. Doing this kind of scanning into this like Witcher mode, and you're following tracks, and it's like almost like. Like, you know, uh, investigative game in this in this fantasy world. I like that. Yeah. And and um, I actually I actually did, I didn't have I didn't have that much of a, a tough time fighting that that boss. Actually, I don't know because it was on, on a different le- uh, difficulty level, or I think mm. I was a little bit higher up in level when I played that quest. So that maybe that's why it wasn't too bad for me. 
Ah, okay. I remember I remember that one pretty vividly. It was pretty interesting. I like that was different as everything else is in some of these bosses. So I, I fortunately I didn't have a tough time with that. So you know, kudos <laughs> or my regard, my regards to anyone who was able to get past it if they had that much of a tough time with it. Uh, that was. I was probably rushing into it. I love to rush into quests I know nothing about, nor check to make sure if I'm even prepared for them. Um, for instance, uh, there was in Novigrad. There's this uh, royal. Uh, there was this guy who was royalty, just walking along, and he was being attacked by a bunch of thugs. And obviously, there was something amiss, and that wasn't privy to it. And he told me, "Oh, I'll hire you as my bodyguard." And this is just like a random chance side ca- uh, quest encounter. And then uh, we go along, and we're walking along the pier, and I defend him for the first attack, and then the second attack, he gets killed. And then I fail the quest, and I will never know what the ending of that storyline is. Oh, wow. Unless I play it again. It, fa- it, it, it doesn't like give you like a, one of those retry things? Just, it just no. dies and just ends? Oh, shit. That's it. That's what I love about this game. When it says, you failed, you have failed. Quest failed. That's it. There, there's like... No, ooh, uh, uh, what is it? Like Elizabeth died. You got to go back to the to the starting point. It's like no, if like uh, of course there are like the main quest storyline items, but like if you die, like then it's failure. But if, for instance, I just I was just uh, I missed a couple of opportunities in the starting area mm-hmm. where I, where I had I didn't understand kind of the mechanics of the game and it, you know going with the main quest sometimes locks you out of the side quests and when I finally met up uh, with the prologue ending with that particular person male or female who essentially sweeps you along and says come on we need to go meet the person who's very important and then uh, I, I locked myself out of those quests because I had decided to continue the main quest Rather, I, I thought there was like uh kind of like Deus Ex or A Human Revolution or Mass Effect where you know I'd be able to go back to it but I wasn't and I had missed a good I, I missed them and so that's what I did with the, the main quest and I realized okay I probably got to do side quests first if I want to complete them all and then the main quests yeah I think that happened to me once I've only I have one failed quest that I failed. I don't. I don't remember what it is. Off the top oh, of I have many. I have many. <laughs> yeah, fortunately, I've only had one failed quest, and I think that may be large in part to me going ahead and doing the main quest first, and and, and mm. then affecting the side quest. So that's probably what happened. But since then, I kind of been once I figured that out, I kind of had. I kind of been hesitant to continue main quests without uh, doing the side quests first, because I know there's some side quests you can do. And mm-hmm. present themselves and like as much as I I'm sure those side quests are good and they they've <laughs> been they've been most of the for the ten out of ten out of the most part like I want to continue the the main quest like damn it I want to get to the main quest but I still but I also want to see what the side quest is about so it's like you gotta decide what you want to do but it just depends on how you want to go about it uh, for sure mm-hmm. but um. Right now, just for me to not to miss anything and not to rush into it too much, I just want to enjoy as much of everything I can. I, I know there's still so much I haven't seen yet. Some areas I haven't discovered that who oh, else yeah. could be there. There could be side quests there too. I have so much mm-hmm. question marks on every on every place I go to. I'm not yet seen. Uh, it, so good. So so much good. so much content, and I I haven't even beaten the game. It's just so huge and just so 
incredibly detailed, and it is just a universe unto itself. I, I you know, applaud CD Projekt Red. You guys have made an incredible game, easy uh, contender for Game of the Year. You know, it, it's it, this is going to be the gold standard with which all the other games are going to be judged later in the year. Absolutely. Um, I mean, even then, I mean, just I mean, other, I know that after you beat it, you can still continue on to a whole lot of other things that you haven't even seen and continue ranking up in level and and unlocking newer uh, spells, skills. That there's so much there, I can't even imagine what they are all about. And even, and even considering that they have like expansion pa- expansion pass you can buy for thirty dollars. Yeah, uh, they, I mean they're working on it right now. They haven't, they haven't come out yet because I mean they're, they're actually working on it. It's not like oh yeah. we we slotted it away for a week down the line so that we can trick you on to getting it. Which I'm glad that they're taking that approach and not having it just be readily available now because there's still so much in this game that I haven't even seen yet, and I'm still like. I think I'm very far near the end of the of the main quest. I feel it in <clears> in my in my gut, but um, there's, there's still so much other stuff that I haven't seen yet. Other locations I haven't yet to discover, and, and hidden caves, and so much other things. Witcher contracts that are all over the board is like shit. So much <laughs> to do, and, and yeah. even including that expansion pass to like this thirty hours of content for thirty bucks, which is a great deal. You don't get that a lot uh, in other games like that. And they'd be offering a hand and, and, a, and a, a arm and a hand for that, uh, you know, a la, a la uh, you know, Destiny and mm-hmm. Evolve, you know, things like that. It is just it, and the fact is, I love, I am, I love reading just like everything from the message message boards to the books of just figuring out the universe. But there, I just have like, I, I, I should be like having Geralt carry like just this sack of books around with him just because it is getting uh, pretty bad because I want to l- know as much of the lore as possible so I'll like leave people's uh, swords where they lie sometimes I won't even take their supplies but their books oh you you, you better believe I'll, I'm taking those books yeah I do early on in the game where you're like at a low level and you're just trying to get as much Money as possible and and higher higher uh, attack uh, weapons and armor. You like you just pretty much take everything. You take everything. Like you don't you don't even care. Like you just go in someone's house and they're asleep. Like I went to a mar- uh, uh, like a swordsman that I go to often to craft some things. I just go into his house like late at night. I just I just steal the stuff. And they don't do anything to you. So unless you mm-hmm. steal in front of guards, they'll like react. But Practically, everyone's pretty cool with you taking their stuff, whether it be ingredients <laughs> yeah. or weapons and all sorts hey, of crap. It's a Witcher with two big ass swords who just took down a giant. A, a dude just took down a giant rock troll. Are you really gonna stop him from like taking your finery? That's true. I just I'm so used to games. Uh, well, NPCs reacting with uh, with how you what you, you know what you take. So it's cool to do that. Yeah, there's a lot of books too. The, they're not as long in in length to read like Skyrim books are. That's <laughs> why so I never got into them. But they're like short little summaries of what they are, and there's you know there's references to the books as well. There's actually some books. Well, The Last Wish. I know there's a Witcher book that you can get in the game. Uh, I don't know what I f- forgot what it talks about, but it's one of the one of those things that are in there. Some Easter eggs, and uh, 
I don't know. Like I always get confused mm. on if I should sell. Like because there's items in your like miscellaneous section that you can sell to like merchants and stuff. And there's also like items you used on quests before. And I'm wondering if am I gonna use these again? Because it's, it's like listed <laughs> as quest items. Like Yennefer's love letter to me. Like for a dollar, I'll sell it. <laughs> and they don't even I'll... take up that much space. Actually, they're like a point one pounds. Uh, in 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 your inventory like there's you can like the beginning you can start with is like 60 60 pounds of stuff you can carry and you mm-hmm. can easily get overcumbered if you like collect a bunch of like weapons from dead soldiers to sell which are usually the oh, best yeah. way to do it to get some money but mm-hmm. uh, like the quest items or like items like uh crafting items or books they like they don't they don't even weigh that much so you can pretty like much like a skull them. or a, or a ring they weigh like a and pinky then- yeah or like I have an entire painting. Somebody gave me like an entire like uh, like six foot by four foot painting. I, I, oh yeah, but that, I remember that. I, and then it's like and, and it, like there's no story to it. Just like oh here we have this painting, have it. Uh, okay, I I really don't want to give it away because I feel like it's important. And then there's stuff like I have a pine cone in my quest bag, and oh, I'm yeah. like I I don't want to sell this because it's so. Like I don't think I've ever, I don't think there's going to be ever another chance where I can get a pine cone in this game. So I'm going to keep it as a memento. Yeah, I sold it long ago. I don't know to who, but it's been a never-ending cycle to find it. So. Yeah, I sold like God. Yeah, I bought it from him, and I sold it to some idiot who paid three hundred orns for it. That idiot was me. <laughs> yeah, I remember that. I think you got a painting. I don't remember what it was about. It was like something weird. It reminded me of like. That episode of Mad Men where, where where Joan got like a weird painting. To, oh no, it was it was Peggy that got a weird painting from from Roger. It was it was the it was the other guy's painting that used to that used to be there. I won't mm. say much, but it was like a it was like a, a pregnant lady that was getting her nipples sucked by some, like an octopus, something like that. It was something weird. Japanese. Uh, it was a Japanese painting. Japan. It was Japanese. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Okay. Uh, um. But yeah, I may have spoiled it for anyone who's watching Mad Men. Um, uh, you just enticed our entire audience to to go watch Mad Men now. Ooh, that Mad Men oh. finale though. That's, mm-hmm. all, that's all I'll say. I have not seen the Mad Men finale. Oh, I am. Nice. I'm trying to catch up on it all, and I'm starting to catch up on 24. I know we we t- uh, we were talking about it a little bit. Like I know we were texting, and then I sent you a picture of Jack Bauer. And then I was like, when I was after I sent, I was like, "Damn, I gotta, I should rewatch Twenty Four again because that show was that show was so good, so good." It's, it is the quintessential of a lot of cultural trappings are found in its type of stories. With British spies, it they're very classy, they're very dangerous and dark. And with, uh, for instance, like James Bond or like uh, even Hideo Kojima's uh, Solid Snake and Naked Snake. They're like, they philosophize. They think about things. With American spies like uh, Sam Fisher or especially Jack Bauer, it's mostly just like, I am an emotionless killing machine. I will beat the crap out of everyone and that will be the end of it. Uh, yeah, boys, you're not sure about the Madman ending. We, mm-hmm. we should talk about it. Uh, see, fight, see, see fight, what you, fight, uh, fight. See what you, how you feel about it. I thought it was a a good way to go. I mean, I, there's not. It's like Mad Men's one of those shows that it's very, it's a very, you know, it's a very character-driven show. It's like 
it doesn't really rely on like big moments happening like there's a lot of mundane things uh that, that go on like in that show that but are, but are still good because of the characters um mm-hmm. like the ending you know it's not anything that was explosive or something big happens someone dies someone got shot it wasn't anything like that it was very... did don draper reveal himself to be a lizard man it was because i will watch that show if, it, if that's the case he was the it was the lizard man <gasps> yes, I shall watch that now. As, you know, like like Donald Rumsfeld. You know, that's what Louis said. You know? <laughs> I I'll, I'll believe Louis C.K. any day of the week. So let's. So I will now watch Mad Men from start to finish. And yeah, I mean, it, occasionally, like sometimes Mad Men doesn't have like the strongest like season premieres, but like what what goes on after that are, are, are pretty good. And you know, every episode seems like just like a. It does seem like kind of like a regular episode, but yeah, I, I would say this, even though like you know, I know it's mixed feelings going on about about the ending. I thought I was, I thought I was fine. It wasn't the worst ending of any mm-hmm. show. Like the worst ending for me for a show is just like a, a an ending that doesn't have an ending. Like it just it, it got canceled before it even got the finish. Things like that. And, mm-hmm. and, and yeah, I, I didn't like the fact that AMC decided to milk. Madman for what it's worth, they they split the seasons in half, and you, and like, it wasn't even that much episode. I think there was like ter- thirteen or fourteen total, so they just like split seven episodes across from a year. So that that kind of that kind of uh, you know killed the momentum for me because I mm. for, I forgot certain things that happened from the beginning half of the season that I'm sure it's it's a better viewing if you just like marathon it. On Netflix, um, that's why I thought that was one mm. of the downsides. But other than that, it was good. I'm sad it's over. I think it was one of the best uh, shows out out there for sure. You know, on top of on a, like a slew of other great shows, AMC has like AMC. You know, Mad Men and Breaking Bad are like the the pinnacle of probably what AMC will ever do. Yeah, well, hey, you, you're missing the big uh, staple mark, uh, The Walking Dead, you know, which just comes back uh, every season with great writing. <laughs> I, can't, I can't say that with a straight face. It's bad. It is just not even good. And yes, uh, I, I, I mean, it has just gotten. I don't care anymore. <laughs> it's, it's, I haven't. It, I haven't cared since. Uh, oof, season four, I think. I, I did. Uh, it it had so much promise. It had so much promise to it to be a great show, and then it ju- it pooped the bed. It like constantly, and I was like, "No, don't worry. He'll learn. He'll stop pooping the bed the next night, and then the next night he poops the bed again." And just oh, it, I've given up. Just be, there, there's no overall story, and you know, because every single time they they have something more interesting happening like ooh what about the military what's going on there what about the rest of the world what's going on there maybe there's a cure every time it's a dead end like oh either the person who had information dies or it turns out that person was lying every single time because they have no idea how to end the show yeah that's why I got kind of kind of got tired of it because it just kept like it was like an endless cycle of we got something going. This may be this may be a promise, and then no, <laughs> nothing happens. I get that the, the that the show's supposed to be like post apocalyptic, and and things are, um, are you know very dire, you know death and dire situations. But it's like every 
every time something always goes bad like nothing ever good comes out of it um that's that's why i stopped uh watching it for sure um but yeah, yeah. i mean amc you know they they, they were on they had great shows for sure um yeah i mean those two for sh- are the top ones like will always oh yeah always uh come back to i know they have other shows but they're not really as much talked about as hell on wheels and hell turns i like hell on wheels hell on wheels is good i, I okay I haven't seen I say, it yet. Yeah, even though I say it's good, I haven't watched like the last two seasons. I have them downloaded, mm. but they, it was good. It was it was really good. It was different, and that was when that was when the those two other shows were still going on, Mad Men and and Breaking Bad. So it was like a, it kind of got lost in the shuffle because it was competing against them uh, on the same channel, uh, ironically. So it it is it is fine. I like it for what it is. It's it's. Um, Definitely give it a shot one day. If you watched the pilot, it was very good. It was a very good pilot. Mm-hmm. Uh, but but with uh, with twenty four, what what season are you on? Uh, I am. I'm starting with uh, the most recent one. It's not Redemption. I did see Redemption a while ago, well, but it was, was yeah. That was the TV movie, right? Yeah, where where it was just like he's being tried for his for torture. He's like, you're goddamn right, I did, and I'll do it again. Yeah, I, I, that movie that. TV movie is kind of a blur to me. Uh, it was, it I think was, okay. it was like an epilogue. Yeah, it was okay. I was, yeah, it was pretty much an epilogue to like the next season after that. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that was like between, it may have been between season five and six. Yeah, yeah, something like that. I mean, that was like when the writer strike happened, like in season six, and that kind of affected the show greatly. Uh, from what from what people have said, I, I, I the only reason I want to watch. The, uh, the show again is because uh, there's there's a few seasons that well, the only season I haven't watched is season three um, and season one. Ironically, I've seen like the mm-hmm. first episode of season one, but I haven't. That was back when I didn't have a job and money, so I couldn't watch the show <laughs> and buy the DVDs. But now I'm mm-hmm. actually gonna buy the, all the DVDs for the show that I, uh, that I don't have. I don't have a season one, uh, three, six, and seven. I don't mm. have those, but I've seen them. I don't have them on DVD. I'm planning on marathoning them one mm-hmm. uh, very, 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 very soon. Actually, oh yeah, just to get just to get my enjoyment because I really like that show a lot, and I actually want to kind of go back and see what I missed and see if it holds up still for me. I actually want to know exactly if season six was uh, good or bad because I, I have <laughs> very foggy memories of it because I know that. It involved like Jack Bauer's dad. I think he had a brother, <laughs> something like that. Oh, there's all other crap, and this is just due to like the writer strike that kind of yeah. affected a lot of shows and movies, and, and mm-hmm. they didn't turn out that great as they should have. I think that was when people were starting to kind of that formula of 24 was kind of getting tiresome, and then they kind of really changed well, things it- up after like the last two seasons, the season eight and season nine, which is not the season, but it was like a it was like a shortened. Mm-hmm. version of 24 like 12 episodes i think is that the one because the one that i just saw was the one where they're in britain that's the one or london yeah that's yeah. the one that was i wa- watched the one... first episode of that very good yes yes that one was really good i think that's um, i was uh, after watching that i think the it benefited them a lot to split the show in half mm-hmm. instead of having 24 episodes which was, which was a tradition uh before then to have 24 episodes and that sometimes kind of boggled down the show a little bit because they had to drag it out for a while. Yeah, 
So and I gotta say, you know, it's just kind of like Die Hard with the premise of Twenty Four. It's like, listen, all is happening in a single day or a single night. Okay, we can believe that. Just like it, it just seemed like every single day, though, it was like twenty four hours of like huge terrorist plots and Jack Bauer's essentially Superman at this point because I don't think I've ever seen him sleep in a season of 24 yeah and they, they always made that I mean that joke if like they ever used to they ever used the bathroom on that show because you're always following them every yeah. time and maybe they, and they always said like they, maybe they went to the bathroom during commercial <laughs> you don't see <laughs> he, uh, he was doing it as he as he went just like I don't have time for the bathroom and then, then just like peed himself to, to scare the terrorists like I'm a man who will pee himself for his country on himself do you, what do you think I'll do to you <laughs> but uh yeah yeah that's that's what that, that was the last uh, that mm-hmm. was the last I, I consider it a season even though they they won't they won't put it on as as a oh, yeah. season but it was definitely considered as uh, more of an expansion to, of like the last season Anyways, it was another season. That's all I'll say. It was like split in half. But um, yes, you've you've been watching that. I've been trying to get you to watch that for for a while. That kind of finished it just to get your thoughts on it because I know that was uh, for me. That was probably one of the that's that's what reinvigorated my love for Twenty Four. Like this is why this is good, mm-hmm. um, and I enjoyed it a lot. It, there wasn't really I don't, I don't think little to, little to no torture in this in this one. They didn't really use it. Uh-huh. It, it kind of lost that crutch. <laughs> doing that because that was just, that was the gimmick really to do there was like torture scenes a lot that was back when well that you know, was when the Patriot Act kicked up oh, yeah. and it's like how far should we be going and now we've realized oh that was a little too far oh yeah I mean it, it, he'll he'll do some certain things that that are like alternatives to torture but he'll he'll you know he's not afraid to like break someone's arm in, in this season but <laughs> yeah. It, it, oh, yeah. it's not as excessive which I never had a problem with it but. It, it, it sometimes got overused. Tell me where the bomb is, or I swear to God, I'll make you listen to Nickelback on a loop. Oh no! I'll tell you everything. And they say that heroes say us. Ah, uh, Nickelback. So you're you said you watched the first episode, right? Or yes, is that all you watched? Yep, I've only seen the first episode so far. I okay. really loved it. I loved. The setting because everyone is interesting now. It's not just like everyone at CTU. It's actually like, oh, it's a wide span of people. It's like the uh, the politics of what's going on with the president and very West Wing of uh, one of the subplots they have going on. But um, they, uh, you know, very interesting politics with the president dealing with what's going on in England and Jack kind of being in the microcosm of all this and like how does he connect all this and kind of Jack being the mysterious element this time which I really like and uh, you know it's not always great to see Chloe again and uh, it's just this really really well built pilot I really like the show and uh, hope to continue on with it now I only the only thing I hope for no actually no I don't hope for that I was about to say I hope for a continuation of Prison Break but um that ended well that was that I love that show I'm glad it ended I don't want any more <laughs> I actually yeah I never got into that show I wasn't I never watched it in in when it was big uh only thing I have close to any resemblance which I'm sure it's not remotely close to it was like the <laughs> the Prison Break game I saw that. Uh, oh, then you then you've seen the series. You don't need to, you don't need to watch it. I saw that review on X Play one time. I was like, oof, 
<laughs> kind of, it kind of deterred me from watching the show. I was like, oof. I'm sure the show's hell of a lot different than that. I mean, no, it was, it's the it, exact same. I also had the same feeling like <laughs> for like the Lost game too. I was like, ooh, ooh. It, uh, yeah, it, it, yeah. It was in the games. You know what was really weird is that like that the Prison Break game came out like two years ago, and the show ended back in like 2007. It's like who is still waiting for the video game adaptation? Like I know, like striking when the iron was hot with. Uh, the Game of Thrones game, not the Telltale one, but the one before, the 24 game, uh, you know, the the NCIS games, or, you know, whatever. But it's just like, who's still waiting for, like, who's that, like, one rabid fan? It's like, you better make a prison break game or I will boycott your company. It's like, oh, he's, his, his dad's a senator. We better listen to him. <laughs> and, you know, that that was a good, a very good series. That it, That series definitely benefits from... Uh, Netflix, because you know it did it, like when it was on TV. It did tr- Prison Break did drag on for a little too long, but it finished up nicely. I really liked it, and I actually got a little teary at the end just because I I love I love this universe and the characters. Well, I'm glad. I'm also glad that you uh, got to see that and, and enjoying uh, yeah that first episode of of 24 from the from the last uh, installment that they put out. Um, yeah, it was a really enjoyable season. I have it on on Blu-ray. I've yet to pop it open. I know there's like a an added bonus scene in there that the that kind of expands upon like the ending and what possibly hmm. that they're wanting to go from here. That they may possibly do another another like a mini series of the show again, like twelve episodes or, or sure. I know they've always been. Wanted to get a movie off the ground, which would, which would be awesome, but I, I feel like I'd prefer it to still be on TV because you get more you get more uh, time investment with like the story and, and the characters that they may introduce as new, and I just feel like it's a lot better that way than, than a movie. The movie's yeah. too short for me. No, no, I, I totally agree. It's just it's just you know it's just made for TV that show. And, well, what and, would the movie be called? Two. <laughs> <laughs> 24 2 <laughs> 24 know. 24 divided by 12 24-7 <laughs> as um, as Elliot in the chat room says I hear Jack Gorog and uh, Splinter will start together in 24-7-11 24-7-11 perfect <laughs> a better title than the Fast Furious franchise I'll give you that it they they just got I don't even know what the 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 naming thing is like Furious Seven okay I get it that's apparently supposed to be a Seven Samurai illusion but it's like okay whatever now it's gonna be like Fast and Furious Eight like you guys aren't even trying anymore right uh, but yeah I mean I really uh, I'm gonna do that I'm I, I don't know if I'll I'll actually probably will watch the first episode of the of the show today mm. online so I'll probably do that mm. uh, of uh of 24 I've actually I just oh. I just kind of I'm into that I'm, I'm getting back into 24 again I, I have that 24 fever I'm, I'm itching to watch you got it that, again got that uber patriot just like firing up it's like let me take out those Taliban scum it just it just excites me to just to go back at it go back and watch it again just see see characters that mm. that that I love the watching the show that 
which you know, which one of the one of the big things of the show was that, that any of the characters you like will most likely die. So uh, it was good. It's good to see like some of the characters oh, yeah. that do die again in the show from the start, mm-hmm. and and kind of continuing the expansion of, of Jack Bauer as a character, and, and then also the expansion of stories that happen with other characters, and just kind of see how they end up and and where the where 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 Jack Bauer goes because you know CTU ended up getting disbanded like, mm-hmm. later on in the series, so that they're in the kind of no more anymore. Did it become fourth echelon? Well, <laughs> nah, it was like a kind of split up into like subdivision Ooh, like, okay. within like national security or something like that. <laughs> but uh, it became Homeland Security, and everything's been all right since it formed. You know, what? it was kind of it was actually like third echelon actually. Because mm-hmm. things, yeah, because there's too many. It was, yeah, also one of the other running running themes and and things that went on the show that also deterred from from it in in some way. It was like everyone was a mole that there was someone infiltrated <laughs> it within TTU, uh, giving out information to the to the enemy and and telling them what they have, what information they have, and, and if they're gonna, you know. Uh, drop on them many minutes. So that was one of the other running themes that happened in there. It's like anyone could be. That was the themes. Like every season, you prepare yourselves. Like someone is corrupted within the, within the, the White House because you always follow a storyline going on in the White House. <laughs> someone is a mole in CTU. Someone will die this season. You kind of have your like checklist. Jack Bauer will say, "Damn it!" Like two hundred times. It, like anyone can die in the show unless you're Kiefer Sutherland. Unless you're him, I, I he is, yeah, because uh, he's because he's big boss. You can't you can't kill off big boss that easily. He's, he's big boss and, and Jack Bauer. That's two roles <laughs> of a lifetime. It all I need to do is play uh, Sam Fisher and James Bond, and he'll be good. Which we'll we'll see how how he fares in 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 Metal Gear because from like the things I hear, he doesn't really talk that much, so it may be kind of disappointing. Mm-hmm. Kind of very Dude. more of a quiet and quiet character in this one. I well, here's hoping because he's good actor, and I'd I would actually love to see him take on James Bond just to see what his British accent would be like. Oh man! It's like top of the morning to you. Well, he's also <laughs> hip, hip, cheerio. Deep voice also said he's also a vampire too. Remember that? He was also he was in also the, a vampire in the Lost Boys. Oh my God! Need to rewatch Lost Boys. What what? A, what a great film that just never. Ne- but don't anyone say it's a great film because then Hollywood will remake it. No, I, that's just what they do. It's it's just like oh, what what is like The Rock is gonna try to do uh, Big Trouble in Little China remake. Big Trouble. It like why you don't need that? It was perfect the first time around. Yeah. It, yeah. It's oof. And go on got, all day about remakes. Yeah, but the thing is, uh, we'll always have the original, so that will be mm-hmm. the way. To, that's the way to go. If you know, if a remake comes out, probably nine times out of ten, you probably won't watch it. You just stick with the original, much like Poltergeist. Saying you know, once I heard that, oh, <laughs> I didn't even, I didn't even know it came out, and then I saw it was like out in the theaters. Like you know what, I'm gonna watch the original. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like watching it now. It. That you know, at least hey, I mean, it brings awareness for the original, and 
Yeah, that's good. I mean, it's just like American Psycho was not like a shot-for-shot shot remake, and the only thing they added was uh, John, uh, no, Vince Vaughn, like sadly masturbating. That's that's not what audiences want to see anywhere. Yeah, Vince Vaughn's already creepy. I mean, him masturbating is just he's overdoing it. Yeah, it's like, creepy. get it? Because he's weird. It's like, uh, okay, just stop. Okay, but hey, what? Okay, quick question: What is your favorite remake? We talk, we dish a lot about the bad remakes. What about the good ones? Mm, that's a that's a very that's a very good one. That's on. It's probably I can't. I, mean, I have one example, but I have to like really sit back and think about it because I'm sure there's one I, I do like a lot that was a that was a remake. I do the one the thing I can come off to mind was like Dawn of the Dead. Mm-hmm. Uh, that was a good remake and and it's kind of a standalone film on its own. Um, I have another one I can't recall. Uh, but what what would, what would be one of yours? Oh yeah, three ten to Yuma. Yeah, I remember that. Mm-hmm. Three ten to that, Yuma was good. Uh, I actually did. I actually did see the original. Good uh, one, Tag. I actually did see the original. Uh, the the one the mo- the western with Jeb Bridges, the Coen Brothers movie. Oh, True Grit. True Grit. I've seen I both of them one. actually. Those are both pretty good. With John Wayne and, uh, fill your hands, you son of a bitch. Good old John Wayne. You can always anticipate him to be completely drunk and out of his mind. Uh, the Fly, good one. You know, surprisingly, a large amount of horror films uh, had have had really good uh, remakes. Um, this one's going to be a bit of controversial one but i really really liked uh peter jackson's king kong king kong mm-hmm. he ain't got shit on me <laughs> yeah and, it, it wasn't bad it was like really it was really well made to made you know put together film like i mean obviously you know compared to like the original with just in terms of like the the uh effects mm-hmm. you know it was you know it was def- definitely on a league in its own but it was like one of those you know it was one of those movies i'm sure that you know it was beloved you know, seen as a classic. You know, they try to do that same thing with like the Day of the Earth. Still, I mean, even though like the oh god, you know, the effects were like you know a lot, you know, a lot better than the original, but it just didn't have the same you know storytelling. No. Actually, <laughs> storytelling oh. that the original one had. So that I was would a, love a, for. Example. I mean, Keanu Reeves was perfect as uh, as Klaatu. You should let me go. Just because, like, he's perfect at, like, he's either, like, a really good vengeance-seeking, uh, he's really good as a blank-slated automaton, which is why he was great in The Matrix and The Day the Earth Stood Still, or he's really good as a bodacious surfer, which is why he was great in Street Kings and uh, Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure. Mm-hmm. But uh, Pete, uh, Peter Jackson's King Kong, I love how weirdly dark it is. It's surprisingly disturbing and not a very happy film especially towards the ending um I love the fact that they chose Jack Black as essentially Orson Welles he's like that that for some reason seems to work perfectly and uh not actually Orson Welles but essentially channeling the spirit of him and you know it's it's just such a terrifically weird movie just like and you know there's the cowardly character who's like a you know, the good-looking hero who turns out to be a coward, and then he has, like, a moment of redemption, and then it turns out, no, he actually is the the cowardly character we always thought he would be. Mm-hmm. 
Oh, Fistful of Dollars. That's always a good one. Up oh, and true. Magnificent Seven, uh, Deep Voice. Essentially, like, a lot of uh, westerns that took inspiration from uh, samurai films, like uh, Magnificent Seven, which was Seven Samurai, and also A Bug's Life. I think True Lies was like a remake of. Uh, it was a different titled movie, but they, you know, basically had the same plot. Mm-hmm. So I guess you could consider consider that as a, as a candidate yeah. for sure. Uh, mm-hmm. But Departed was that a remake? It was was based on like a Hong Kong crime yeah. thriller. So it was based on Infernal Affairs, right? Which was uh, I, I Scarface. Yeah, Scarface was, there was one, uh, it was based on one from the 1930s, I think that was one about Al Capone, and then this one, and then the 70s one was just uh, Tony Montana. You know, one of the, uh, like the, the, that were on remakes, uh, one of the other things that, well, what are the, what are the, like, what is one movie you like to see a sequel to, as much as like there's a whole Ooh. lot of sequels out nowadays, but like, what, what would you say like was the movie that never got a sequel much like like video games, I never got a sequel too that could has could have had some potential. Um, I'll tell you one for sure. This is my number one movie. I like to see a sequel to now. Picture this. I'm sure you're gonna be. I'm sure some of you will get this just by the naming off the, naming off the cast from the original. Mm-hmm. We had we had uh, Ben Stiller, William Macy, Paul Rubens, Kel Mitchell. You know uh, it was. Hank Azarian, uh, wait, and Janine Garofalo, and that and uh, Eddie Izzard, and what was it? Christopher. Uh, he was in. He, he was in that other movie. He was in that movie with Colin Firth, the the, the oh. King's Speech. He was in that. Oh. Um... He was, he was the pirate captain in Pirates of the Caribbean. Yes. And I'm talking uh, about Mystery Men. Oh. <laughs> Thank you, Dad Gibby. You got it. You got Yeah, that that would be a great movie to see a sequel to just because I think it's it, it's just such a weird movie and it's like this inversion of... It was a team of movie uh, before the Avengers. Yes. <laughs> It it was and it was a perfect was like, ensemble was film. The, it was the opposite of the Avengers, because <laughs> it was like, okay, these guys can't really save anyone. Yeah, it just they all had like they had like new they had like all their new unique, uh, not even well, they had unique skills or like somewhat abilities. Like they most of them didn't have real superpowers. Like Ben Stiller's character was like he would just get mad. <laughs> You know, Mr. Fury, I mean, like his, like his power, so you like go like all beast mode on someone and just like, but it, it wouldn't even be that bad. He'd just get mad. Um, yeah, then, like, he wasn't even like a, like a super angry, it wasn't like Hulk. It was uh, just like, I'm angry, that's it. But, uh, and then Hank Azarian was like the, he, had just, he just like threw forks. He was like the master of silverware. And Cal Mitchell, <laughs> as the man who can be invisible when no one's watching him. Yeah, I actually want to see it again. Uh, oh, take it. Um, I, I love that movie. That movie was was awesome. It had a, it had a great cast. Like even, even before, like they were really that big. I mean, Ben Stiller was already big, but there's some some other ones in there that mm-hmm. uh, you know, you 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 never thought, you never think you see them in that movie. Like right now, as as they are, 
Um, actually, yeah, that would be my that would be number my number one movie. I'd like to see a sequel to. I never got one. I'm surprised I never did, which is a shame. I'm sure yeah. they could do it now. That would be. I mean, maybe like maybe do a, like a, a comedic version of Watchmen. Like you know, they're older and then they get <laughs> back together. <laughs> they could do it like that. That would like be Watchmen. pretty cool. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, I'm pretty sure Kel Mitchell's not really doing much now, so I think they can get him on the horn. He's essential. Uh, the Matrix. There was never a sequel to The Matrix, so I'd like for them to make one. You know, it's really a shame, because it's like, oh, The Matrix, that's a really good movie. We should make a sequel, but too bad they never did. It's just real a darn shame. <laughs> I, see what you, I see what you're getting at. Yeah, that they never made a sequel to The Matrix, and anyone who says otherwise is just suffering from uh, mass hysteria. It was, it was, it. I mean, it never happened. Let's all just agree that it never happened. Um, I would have, hmm, of course, Tron Legacy. I guess now since uh, Disney's closing it down since Tomorrowland bombed, which is not Tron Legacy's fault. It's like. I, I said it was like it was like beating up your dog because the mail didn't arrive, like that. <laughs> like it's no reason. Like you were in pre-production. Tron Legacy sold well in theaters and did gangbusters in Blu-ray and DVD sales. What are you guys doing? And so anyway, Disney continues to mess it up. But um, I'm gonna actually go with another one. Uh, the Rocketeer. The Rocketeer. Uh, yeah, it was uh, it was Disney's other first uh, attempt at superhero uh, stardom and it had a really good cast inclu- including uh, J- uh, Jennifer Connelly, Timothy Dalton it had uh, Locke from Lost and uh, I I got one of the uh, paper uh, one of the uh, paperback um, collections of the Rocketeer stories and that is like classic adventure serial and I would have just loved to see another movie set in that universe and maybe have gone a little bit crazier with the uh, you know the the first one was all just about crime lords and and uh, gang you know gang <laughs> essentially the movie ends with the police and uh, the gangsters um, fighting against Nazis together because they're American <laughs> and like that's the only reason they're fighting together and I would have loved to see maybe a little bit more of the odd eccentricities of uh, kind of 1930s adventure serials brought to life again. That that is very cool. I I remember that very very vaguely. It was like a, it's like American period piece, like superhero film. Oh like yeah, that. Uh, mm-hmm. yeah. I mean, it seemed like it had uh, had a good cast and like Joe Johnson directed it. How mm-hmm. was uh, Joe Joe Johnson is America circa nineteen fifties in human form. Yeah, I mean, it's starting to come back to me. Like Alan Arkin <laughs> was in it. Yeah, how do I look like a hood ornament? <laughs> Uh, that was that was good. After he watched that, yeah, it's that it that's it's not uh, incredible, but I love the I love the design of everything. It's very fun, you know. It's I wouldn't say it's one of the best, but uh, definitely great. A great little bit of adventure, and I gotta say the theme is very very good. I love the theme music. Mm-hmm. Didn't did Alan Silvestri also do that? He might have. He did a lot of. He does a lot of music. Um. Mm-hmm. Well, for the Rocketeer, I see some music composed by James Horner. Oh, okay. So uh, yeah, he he probably he probably worked on something. 
<laughs> you know, he's done he, so much. He's like a. He did um, King Kong, I think. Yeah, more than like, and then he did as as much as that. This is like a uh, not that that great of a movie. But he did there was some good music, and he did in Van Helsing. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh, Van Helsing! I don't know how to feel about that movie. It's it's. I feel it's like on... if they I feel like if they waited on it and did it now, I think it might have been better. Ah, <laughs> uh, yeah, it's. I don't know. It, it you know it feels like the, I really should have thought that they could they should have casted somebody that wasn't Hugh Jackman. Like he was good in the role, but I just feel like it, dude, you're just doing Wolverine with a, a crossbow. Yeah, now that I think about it, that's pretty much kind of kind of pretty much no different. Uh, than 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 Wolverine just just without the claws and it was just a it was yeah it's one of those kind of dumb popcorn movies just at the you know out of the product of like what was, what was it Steven Summers kind of yeah. does a lot of that kind of kind of like a it was very uh, kind of mindless uh, action movies yeah and, just, uh, just, the just, mummy just the first GI Joe yeah. and uh, you know. Well, the mummies, the mummy series is kind of a guilty pleasure for me, but that's yeah. how that's how it is. I mean, it's supposed to be mm-hmm. kind of that way. It's not supposed to really make you think. It, like, it's not like Michael Bay action film where it's just all stupid. He tries. Oh yeah, yeah. Well, he's, he actually, mm-hmm. he's far he's far beyond Michael Bay in terms of like actual filmmaking and just like <laughs> filming explosions. Not to mention, um, I gotta say, David Wenham in uh, in a. Uh, in uh, Van Helsing, he's incredible as as the comic relief. Like he is, he is acting his ass off for this. And it, it like if you don't smile every time he pops on the scene, you just don't have a soul. Now, what about another Dark Man movie with Liam Neeson? <laughs> I'd I'd be down with that. I would like let's get Dark Man. Dark Man Returns, <laughs> <laughs> making the Dark Knight of Dark Man. <laughs> Dark Man Returns. Instead, like you know, we blew him up, so let's like throw him in a volcano and then have him come back as an even more scarred uh, hero. Dark Dark Man was that was just that was like a very obscure movie and character. Like what? What was his? What was his gimmick? Like did he even have superpowers? Uh, he was Liam Neeson. That's his superpower. All right, that's good enough for me. That's uh. <laughs> If you know, if I had to choose between like having invisibility or like super speed, you know, I'd choose just to have Liam Neeson, just to be <laughs> Liam Neeson. That's the best. Where's super, my family? Best superpower of all. Well, that's pretty good. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, just, what, whatever you do, just do not take his. You you can mess with them all you want. Just don't mess with his family. Uh, as much as like, this is also a guilty pleasure movie too. I actually like. I really wish they they'd done a sequel <laughs> to The Shadow. Oh yeah, with Alec Baldwin. With Alec Baldwin. Yeah. That movie, what was, we, that movie wasn't that bad. It was. It was. It was a great. He fights but, Genghis Khan. Yeah. What? Genghis Khan and I, I love that. <laughs> so Ian, what, Ian McKellen was in it. Uh, just, oh. Just. Oh my gosh. Uh, just uh, I, good cheesiness. <laughs> It's 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 like it's the good kind of cheese, you know. It's not good for you, and that you should be eating something else. But there's just something so warm and tasty and delicious that you just gotta enjoy it. You know, every now and then, just to 
give yourself a little treat. Well, yeah, it was kind of like it was like a mix. It was like a mix of Zorro. Well, it was like it was almost like it's inspiration of Batman too. Like it was Zorro, and then like Darkwing Duck. <laughs> he had the cape and hat and everything, and then like, he is he would have, he'd have like these mystical powers where he can like change his face, like when he turns to the into the shadow, so he can kind of disguise himself, and he would like have a big nose. <laughs> He'd grow a bigger nose. Like, was, that was <laughs> that prosthetic one was kind of bad. Oh my god! That like I, I like that. That's like somehow like he grows a bigger nose and no one can tell that's him. Yeah. <laughs> that that should that should be Clark Kent's new power. Just like in in Batman versus Superman. Just like oh, it's like oh, like I'm Superman, but whole let me change back into Clark Kent and he just grows like the Adrian Brody. It's like oh, we don't know it's you anymore. <laughs> Yeah, one of those obscure ones. I like to see a sequel too. But other than uh, that, ooh, if anyone's got a list of remakes, yeah, or re- or sequels they like to see, I'd be down. Yeah, um, they're doing another Crow. Where it's like, why? That's like the most '90s thing as possible. It's like making another Spawn movie. Well, that one I I I like to see because it could have. As, as much as I'm not as familiar with Spawn, like I I, I heard that, like at, at first it was kind of a you know it was obviously like a product of the '90s for sure. It was like, but also oh, yeah. it also had like a decent story, but it kind of like got boggled down because it was like it was like a very long running series and just kind of lost its way. But mm. um, one of the I, I definitely like to see a sequel just to see what they would do with it because like. This, the first one had like little to no action in it, and like, and he it was barely in the suit. But he didn't have his like mask on or anything. He didn't do anything. Um, but it, I will say John Leguizamo was good in it. Yeah, John Leguizamo is the clown. That was that was freaky, even for uh, even even for now. And uh, Michael Jai White, he's he uh, can definitely pull a, a good main protagonist. Could always come back for it. Yes, he could. He could. I would like to see Black Dynamite as Spawn. His burnt up mustache. <laughs> who, the, who the hell is interrupting my superheroine? The OD. <laughs> but Spawn, I, sp- I sell drugs to the community. Ah, <laughs> 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 uh, please let there be. I, you know, that's what the next Telltale game should be: a Black Dynamite Telltale adventure game. <laughs> Oh, call me. Call me sold. Cream corn! No! Please and Butthead <laughs> Telltale game. Where, like, just... It's just, like, no... No consequences, no... There's nothing. <laughs> it's just a Beavis and Butthead game. Oh, you know what? A, uh, a Telltale sequel to Clone High. Clone High? Ooh. Yep. Yep, that's pulling out the 2001 era. Let's Jesus. dust that off. <laughs> get, a blow, get a leaf blower. That's just that's so. <laughs> it, I, there are abandoned warehouses with less dust. But yeah, that it's crazy how we got onto that on that subject. Yeah, we went from The Witcher to this. It's yeah. Good. So so anyway, buy Witcher. It's a good game. <laughs> Witcher Witcher is fantastic. I don't. I, there's there's a whole lot more we could talk about it without. I mean, that would be just too long of a, of a podcast as, as it is but uh mm. yeah very very fantastic i i want to play some more 
Yeah, me too. There's, it's... Too, there's so much to it. Now, one of the big things in here is that you're gonna go for you're gonna go for Jennifer or Triss. You know, that's a ooh, that's a conundrum in itself. I like. I really like both of them. Both. I will tell. I will tell you when I make the decision. There, there's a funny scene that happens in there with with both of them. Oh, she, she try to romance like both of them. That's all <laughs> like, I'll listen, say. You ain't Commander Shepard. You ain't getting into every single person's pants. Okay, <laughs> you gotta, you gotta, you gotta play your cards right. And sometimes, even when you try to, it's not gonna work. Yeah, I thought that was pretty cool that, that mm. they it, that they put that in there. Like, they didn't, didn't make it like a typical Bioware game where you could just like sleep with everyone. I, I liked how they went about that. <laughs> I mean, that's all I'll say. Yeah, that they are not without their sense of humor, and I really, really uh, th- this is easily a con- this is one of easily one of my top five favorite RPGs of all time, and just wow, CD Projekt Red, you guys are phenomenal. I cannot wait for the end of the year to so that you guys get the recognition you re- you deserve in the award space. And uh, what is the next game they're working on? Something 27-7, like Technopunk 27-7? Well, they're working on Cyberpunk is what, the, what it's called. There's it, another RPG set in, in the future. It was like from like the concept art that I think they showed or the concept trailer that they showed. It, it kind of reminds me more of like a Deus Ex. Mm-hmm. So they're kind of going for that feel of like the future futuristic uh game that takes place uh with with you know cybernetics being a being a big part into it and a lot of like cybernetic mm-hmm. implants and that could be very that could be uh have a whole lot of potential they could definitely go down that that uh uncanny valley like much of their games have just a very very gray uh no black remember black and white uh kind of game which which involves this kind of this kind of topic, which was which is what with Deus Ex was going with too, like just the mm-hmm. uh, conflicting opinions of 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 humans and them evolving to transhumanism, pretty much, yeah. So that that will have a lot of potential, and with the writing that they got going with Witcher Three, is, is, I have no you know no doubts that they'll hit it out of the park with uh, what they got going with that game, you know, which is, seems like it's going to be very far out because I think they're working on Witcher content right now mm-hmm. but it gives them some time hey. to kind of mellow out and chill and you know soak it, soak in all the hard work they did and I think this this, like a... it's going to make them it's, I think after this game it's really going to bring them out to the forefront as a as a top developer out there mm-hmm. It and even better just because you know hey it's an actual company who focuses on their game until it's actually done. It's not like, hey, we're splitting our time between this game and this other game that we're doing and we're going to split up into smaller groups. Like, no, they're actually just focusing on one thing at a time. And I got to say, uh, just for content and quality alone, those guys, top marks. For sure. I mean, they, they spend a lot of time, as you said. I mean, The Witcher 2 came out four years ago, so they, mm-hmm. they definitely have been working on Witcher 3 for well over four years mm-hmm. and that definitely shows I you know I'm 
And, you know, speaking of, uh, this is what I wanted to bring up. Speaking of uh, Deus Ex, Deus Ex, uh, yes. Mankind Divided. Yeah. They're divided. <laughs> They've adapted. I still don't know how. I'll, I'll just I'll just leave my uh, my doubts on, like, the continuity of the story. Just because of the way how the previous one ended, I, I don't know how this compares to, to leading up to, to this from from the Deus Ex Human Revolution, I don't know if it's like uh, well, it seems like it does. It takes place after that, so I guess they're gonna go with some maybe a, a predetermined choice to serve the story, and and then certain choices you yeah, you have the option to make maybe probably don't go into effect on this one. So that that'll probably be, will be the way it's gonna it's gonna go down continuity wise because you know mm-hmm. the same thing happened with. Splinter Cell. I mean, they they made predetermined story choices that will lead into the next game that are not in the same either system or don't go off of like importing saves like RPGs do nowadays. <clears throat> so, so it seems like. But what did you want to bring up on on human a uh, mankind divided? You know, I I not much. Just like it's been brought up. Apparently, it's been development. I'm I'm excited because it's coming out for Xbox One and PlayStation Four and for PC. And mm-hmm. you know, I, I loved the first. Uh, well, not first game, but I loved uh, Human Revolution. Uh, I do wonder how they're going to handle this. I I was thinking maybe they would at first. I thought, oh, okay, maybe they'll handle it like fi- Final Fantasy, where it's kind of like similar themes or ideas. And then a different cast of characters with a different story every time. Uh, but this one is apparently a direct sequel uh, with Jensen as still as the main star. And with the, it's two years after the original game. And so it's uh, you know very interesting to see how they'll take the ending. Just because there are very, very different endings. Right. I mean, they, they both have like, you know, significantly different meanings and interpretations on like the out- the outcome of of the story so that that's what interests me the most i'm always a stickler when it comes to like game stories like continuities mm-hmm. i know that they you can only do so much with like how that goes about like i know with witcher 3 they they do they do have a scene with you that you can decide to uh pretty much like re, re- you know retell what happened in the witcher 2 you there's certain choices you make in that game that get brought up and you can choose in the game what you did or what you didn't do or I think you have the PC you can import the save from the Witcher 2 so you don't have to go through that but uh, it's it's in there as an option but I don't know if this will be at all that option as well so it may be predetermined from the from the looks of the trailer and just the overall concept of that mm-hmm. uh, but yeah like you said I did enjoy Deus Ex Human Revolution it had a, a lot of interesting themes and and ideas and different messages and on mm-hmm. how people will react to this sort of things happening with with uh, with humans transcending into you know different kinds of beings with uh, cybernetics and implants uh, being a huge part of that world and, and being more implemented and just either overly praised or overly despised so that's uh, mm-hmm as an interesting issue that is I would like to see easily prevalent I would like to see different factions like the transhumanism faction the anti transhumanism faction and of course 
the stereotypical black woman fa- uh, faction who is like the most militarized and dangerous of all. And they'll shit, Captain. Well, shit. We'll see. I hope she makes an appearance. I I hope so because she is like she's the of this world where it's like we have this weird oddity to fix upon. Uh, it, it, the universe essentially revolves around her, where it's like she is this black hole of nonsensical weirdness. But I I love her just because she's like you provide. You throw into sharp relief all the great writing by just you existing and talking. <laughs> so thank you. Thank you for that. Uh, I I can never get over that. I was just uh, taken aback <laughs> and just surprised that this wasn't even in here. I wasn't, I wasn't offended, but I was just, like, surprised. I was like, what the? Am I... Am I, I don't even... Am I, did, I, did I glitch this game out or something? Am I, <laughs> am I on something? I, it just, it's just so out of left field. And the thing is, I don't think it's... It's like a weirdly racist thing, but in a game that's surprisingly open and... Not not surprisingly, but very open to sexuality, to race, to really respecting one another, and essentially like, oh, it doesn't matter what race or gender you are. It, you know, transhumanism with mechanics is kind of the big thing that's the defining everyone... But, like, in this, it, it, it's like one day, like, an intern accidentally, like, wouldn't it be funny if I put this in, like, the in the, in the the pile of stuff we should include and it actually gets made? Then, like, he's playing the game after it gets released. Like, oh, no, they actually read it. <laughs> now, a question here. What, mm-hmm. who, who has the better voice? Is it, which, is it Gerald or is it Adam Jensen? Is there both... Ooh. Very, uh, yeah, very gravelly voices. Some, uh, some like have a pro- Some people have a problem with you know either either the two in terms of their voices. Actually, mm-hmm. I would say that I prefer Gerald's over over Adam Jensen's voice. Actually, but the thing is, mm-hmm. I can interpret it this way. Um, I know that it can be easily put on, but I think that it's too gravelly, but gravelly enough that's coherent. That's that like Christian Bale. Dark Knight. Oh, uh, neither of gravelly. them have, have been that bad. And, yeah, but one of the things is like I could, I can interpret it as like his voice that way because of the, all the potions he takes, so he may have burned his throat. Ah, uh, yes. So I'm gonna interpret it as that way. This is the uh, story. This is a, this is this is canon. I'm making it canon. <laughs> That's why it's like that. It's like uh, Charles Barkley show up and jam. This is canon. That is canon. Oh man. <laughs> Mm-hmm. I haven't. I wonder when that sequel's out. I feel like it's been forever since I kickstarted that. <laughs> it will. It hey. I know true ed- edutainment will will arrive shortly. Yeah, I know it's in development. I'm not saying that they're they're slacking, but it's it is in development. And then, I mean, they're pretty much building the game from scratch. Like they're building like, <laughs> new assets and everything. It's not like they can't really put out that same game again for no. for. for you know, for for a price because everything that there was in there was very there's a lot of copyrighted, <laughs> a lot of copyrighted uh, things in there like <laughs> names and a lot of things. Uh, Space Jam, oh, yeah. it being 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 canon to Charles Barkley, Shut Up and Jam. They're gonna have to just allude to it. Pretty much, it's. I mean, I'm sure with the with you know the staff there, they they'll be able to easily do that. They the writing is really top notch. Mm-hmm. Top top notch funny writing. 
They made uh, they made uh, Wilford Brimley into like a sage old uh, into a sage old uh, magical diabetes suffering individual. I have faith that they can work around any writing problems. Yeah, I mean, any game that has a Bill Cosby boss battle that makes you <laughs> his ghost about, dad makes you care about killing ghost dad Bill Cosby. That's that's, that's oh. a a game that's in high regards in my book. Or making Joanna Man the love interest. Oh my That's God. just fantastic. My God. It's full of stars. <laughs> yeah, but um, what was the question? Whose voice, oh, whose the gravelly voice, voice. Yeah, whose voice is better or worse? Um, you know, I got I, I like both voice actors, but I gotta say, Geralt. Uh, Geralt's voice actor has, a, I think, a little bit more range, or has a, had, at least had more opportunities to express some range over um, uh, Adam Jensen's voice actor. Even though I really like that voice actor, he was great in Slayer Cell Blacklist as a uh, as as Andre Coven. Yeah, he's Ooh. he's. I, there's something about like the cowardly, uh, intelligent character who like sell out anyone, but who has like almost no redeeming qualities, but he's so underhanded and sneaky that's almost charming. It, essentially, Gaius Baltar. Yeah. That, you know, it, it, there's just something about those kind of characters that I love. Absolutely. Mm. Um, yeah, since we're on the kind of the latter half of this podcast, uh, since we're oh, yeah. kind of over two hours right now, um, I know it's late for you that I didn't actually... <laughs> It's all good. I actually confirmed with you like how long you wanted to record for, but uh, if anyone else has got any questions, we'll I think we'll definitely have a few more minutes left before we yes. before we pound out of here. And yes, indeed. I, I did get a question from Tag earlier in Twitter, so we'll answer this first. If you guys uh, are still in the chat room, feel free to leave your questions in the chat, and uh, we'll go ahead and answer them just for the to kind of wrap up this segments. Uh, Segment pa- segment part of the show, mm-hmm. and then we'll be on our way. So, with that in mind, let's go ahead and go to the Twitter real quick. We got a question from Tag Gibby, who is Tag Gibby, who is in the chat right now. Hey, if, hey. if you discovered a new comet, what would you name it? Mm-hmm. I, I love these these questions. Tag, they're always like they're so unexpected. They're, they're also <laughs> wonderfully. Beautifully, randomly crafted. Mm-hmm. I'll give you that. It's like uh, throwing eggs into a blender and throwing paprika and just hoping that whatever the third ingredient you have left in the bachelor kitchen uh, will make something good. Yeah, because I've been there way too many times. That's a very, very true. Mm-hmm. <laughs> now, this is a very complex question. I got to think, I got to put some thought into this. What would I name a comet? If I discovered one, it opened my mind. That's true. Mm-hmm. Hmm. I'm I'm, my, I'm that kind of guy that likes to simplify things like way too much with like names because <laughs> I have like a a cat that hangs out at my house every now and then. I just call him Kitty. <laughs> as simple as that. I don't. I didn't. I couldn't figure out a name. I just I named him Kitty. Hey, simplicity is the key, man. Kitty. I miss mm-hmm. that kitty. Ever, oh. ever since I got a puppy, it hasn't been in the house. Did you name him a puppy? No, no. <laughs> oh, I was actually put some thought into this one. 
Um, that yeah. cat probably left because you used to like, wait, he gets a name and I just get Kitty? Screw this. Nah, Kitty's endearing. He's endearing Kitty. <laughs> he used to be fat. Now he like, doesn't, eat, doesn't eat that much anymore. He lost some weight. Oh, good on him. The uh, Jenny Craig diet. Yeah, he, he still looks better when before when we brought him in. Mm. Very, uh, yeah, very, he's hot, very bony. Very bony kitty. Uh, but on to the subject of this question. Not to get sidetracked. <laughs> Maybe I'll go with my simplicity on this one and name a comet. <laughs> you you bastard. You took my answer. I was going to name it Comet Comet, except with a K, like in Mortal Kombat. It's like, no, no, there's a difference. The first comet is with a K. The second comet is with a C. Uh, but I, uh, hold on. I need to find a better one. I would say Yarnet of Temeria. <laughs> Yarnet of Temeria? Yeah. Ah. Uh, okay. Hold on. I'm going. I was just going with like the Witcher <laughs> naming convention. Like the other one's got like a title. Gary Rivia, Yennefer, Vindenberg, Tris Marigold. I I I got I got one for you. Uh, I would want to make it so confu- I would want to make it confusing to where you can't actually um, say it in a conversation without uh, needing clarification. So I would call it uh, the comet Hail These. So just like, what, what, uh, what are you talking about? Oh, Hail These Comet. You mean Hail These Comet? Yeah, Hail These Comet. <laughs> Hail These Comet. Yes, Hail These Comet. Love it. I would just make it that confusing. That's just the very the very answer Tag was looking for, and that's the, probably the same answer you would go with. Hail These Comet. <laughs> I, the hail these comets. I love it. I love it. I'll, I'll name my first cat that if I find one walking around here. Oh, hopefully, mm-hmm. it'll, it'll get a better name. <laughs> okay. Anyone uh, in the chat, if you have any questions, please voice them up. Um, in, in case you're wondering about anything. Absolutely, we'll, we'll answer any and all questions, whether it be video game related, TV show related, anything. We're kind of gone to that point where. Mm-hmm. We're, we're, we'll do video games discussions and we'll get on to like a whole lot of subject another subject mm-hmm. so feel free uh, we got a question Ooh. here that is true we haven't talked about this I I, I, I had really not paid attention to this because I've kind of been in my own in my own world playing Witcher 3 and doing other things but yeah what what mm-hmm. Deep Voice asks what are you guys looking forward to during this year this year's year 3 that is a very very good question because at, Ooh, at first okay. I I didn't have anything really because I because Witcher yeah. three because Witcher three was really what I've been looking forward to all year, mm-hmm. um, but now with like few things I've read and and and, and heard, uh, apparently we may be getting some more details on uh, a Fallout game. Fallout four, yeah. Which I'm more than thrilled to invest mm-hmm. my life into. <laughs> Locking and stumbling in dungeons and oh man, so good. Uh, uh, several things. Uh, Halo Five. Any new stuff on that? I'd love that. Um, sure. Yeah. Apparently, there's a new Dark Souls in the works, and with uh, Miyazaki returning to the head of the, the well, what? Uh, team. Hope, oh, but that's a rumor. That's a rumor what? so far. It's been there have been unfounded rumors in the past. Last Guardian uh, rumors miss. Uh, Last Guardian uh, rumors on uh, on this year. 
Yeah, Mass Guardian versus uh, Duke Nukem. That's good. that one's going to come out this year too. Uh, and but you know the big thing that I'm looking forward to actually is surprisingly not about the games. It's Adam Sessler and Morgan Webb coming back together to do uh, the Bethesda uh, pre- uh, press announcement, which oh, is just like wow. oh that uh, hey two do veterans of G4. I loved watching those guys, and it'll be interesting to see them on stage together. Yeah, I think they have a relationship with uh, with Bethesda. Mm-hmm. In some way, so obviously that's why they're why they're a part of that. So which is good. I'm looking. I actually didn't know this, so I'm very. It made me somewhat excited to check it out because, yeah, so we have so much uh, fond memories of G4, uh, mm-hmm. regardless how kind of how it ended in the in the long run. But I still love. Oh yeah, and I still love X Play no matter what. They they were my favorite show. Johnny Extreme. Is is still one of my favorite characters of all time. Of just, <laughs> of just of just like the most random, nonsensical, overly macho, masculine things. Yeah, are, the, yeah, the, the skits were always my favorite on X Play. Uh, like mm. one of my favorite ones, I, I can always harken back on. I mean, there's so many. Like, yeah, there was like I think there was a review Adam Susser did. I think it was like a racing game, and <laughs> you, you put him in. They put him in like green screen, like he was driving a car, and he was like, <laughs> "I thought it was hilarious." There's, uh, of course, the Bob and Steve oh, uh, Splinter Cell, yes. uh, Splinter Cell games. Uh, there's, uh, oh shoot, what was it? Oh, the intern. The, the they always had great ones with the intern. Um, yeah. They and of course the one where they actually review Johnny Extreme's uh, video game. Which is just like the levels keep changing every five seconds, so we t- we always keep dying. And Canadian guy, oh, <laughs> the Canadian, the of course, and just like the fact that they always brought them in for like uh, like during the reviews. That just like that made that made, made my heart sing. Just where that they couldn't leave it alone. Yeah, he might he the Canadian guy may review like some some like NHL games so. <laughs> Of course, anytime they brought up hockey, they brought up the Canadian guy. Yeah, good times, but that's that's pretty that's very very promising, very promising yeah. there. Um, was there anything else? Is um, is he is mm-hmm. is Nintendo doing anything? Uh, Nintendo know? is you know I'm the least surprised for Nintendo just because they always they're the only ones who are currently uh, doling out good content. Because right. like I'm never surprised. Like Splatoon, good game. I assume the Star Fox game coming out this, you know, if it, if it is announced this year, is going to be great. Um, you know, I, I, it's like they're so good. I'm never actually surprised when they're good. So you know, good on you, Nintendo. Hope everything's uh, worked well for you. Uh, Cuphead, that's one I wanted to look forward to. It's kind of like this. Uh, uh, the sort of uh, action adventure 2D game where you can play as sort of this, like you know, early animation where it's like uh, like Steamboat Willie or uh, some of the earlier animations of Walt Disney, where it's got that kind of interesting look where it, there's like the uh, film grain and artifice on there, and you know that's what's apparently going to be the stylistic trappings of Cuphead. So yeah, mm-hmm. new to me. Mm-hmm. It's a pretty interesting looking one. 
seeing seeing more of uh, what was the other one? The shit. I'm blanking on names here. It was it was that uh, that space game. Oh, uh, no man, uh, no, no man's sky, no man's sky. Yeah. Oh my, see, that looks looks really really fun. See more of that would be nice. I like to see more of as as much as I like to play it, and I I don't know if I ever will because it's a Microsoft exclusive mm-hmm. game. But I want to see more Quantum Break. Yeah, I did. well, hey, wouldn't we all like to see a little bit more Quantum Break? They, they're they not na- announcing much much of it, especially after um, Phantom Dust, which was going to be another uh, exclusive game that didn't, that was essentially pounded into oblivion because Microsoft wanted it to be multiplayer and they had way too many demands on it, so it just kind of, the entire game kind of crumbled. Yeah. Which is too bad. Uh, apparently, Aisha Tyler's returning. That's awesome. I love her. Girlwood. Mm-hmm. Girl, Girlwood, indeed. Girlwood movement. Um. Uh, yeah, I mean, we Deus Ex. Um, I don't know if anyone's interested in a Destiny expansion. I'm sure as hell not. What? Uh, <laughs> yeah, exactly. There's more of that. Um, the only thing I'm thinking of is... The Mad Max game, just because I love the movie, although I didn't I haven't really seen much about the game that really piqued my interest. Uh, Mass Effect Four. Mass Hope it's good. Oh man, that's true. Yeah. I mean, I, I I like to. I wouldn't mind playing another Mass Effect game. I mean, I love that universe. Um, I don't remember if it's is it a is it like a is it a sequel or a prequel. I think it's going to be an alternate dimension, just because there's no way in hell they're going to. They're they got to. It's like no, all those endings are the same with the same outcome, especially when it's either like destroy the entire uh, every life form in the universe, or um, or everyone's all right. Yeah, I mean, I guess that'd have to be the way it goes. Um, I, I mean, I, as much I like to play, I like to play another one in that universe for sure. He has a different character or a different species would be interesting. Um, mm-hmm. I heard rumors. I think um, I think this may be true. I don't remember what the what the official date on this date the, the official date on release is, but I, I I've heard that this is unrelated to E three, but I've heard that there's there's going to be a PC version of D four, which I'm cited. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, yeah. It's hey, I mean if more uh, more. Uh, more people get to play Swerry's games, and if I can finally get a third episode for that game, just because it, it ended on such a beautiful cliffhanger. Um, so you know, hey, I'm more than happy to have people jump on in and enjoy the game with me. Well, hey, I'm excited. I mean, I've been wanting to play that for a game for a while. It's just it, it was it was an Xbox One exclusive, which mm-hmm. is which is. Which made me sad that I couldn't play it. Now, I'm, I'm I'm at least happy that there's a PC version, at least because yeah, because you know, it, it, Daily Premonition had a PC version too, in the long run. So that mm-hmm. opened up a lot of windows for people to play it who didn't uh, who weren't able to like because uh, at the time it came out through 360 and then later it came out like on PS3 like a another it was like a director's cut edition mm-hmm. there were some things there that wasn't 
on par with like the 360 version technical wise that may have <laughs> affected it a little bit but yeah, yeah. but yeah I'm showing I'm showing here that it's coming out on PC on June 5th D4 oh, great. PC version on good old games Steam and the humble store this is very good there's actually a demo you can download for free right now sweet so get on that everybody it's a good game i'm gonna get on that because i want to see if i can run it (laughs) before i pay 15 bucks a good idea very good idea i've been i've actually been okay with the last few games that i've played that i felt that i wasn't gonna be able to run so i'll give it a shot i'm gonna download it right after this to see how how it runs on my system we'll Mm. see what happens yeah yeah other than that folks i think that will be that'll be the end of the show today if anyone has any other further questions be sure to ask them now forever hold your peace forever hold your peace for hail these comets hail these comets sounds like hail these comics and then hail these comics yeah oh yeah I like that (laughs) thank you Hail these comics, and I'll hold up a comic uh, next time I get into that. Just, uh, but I haven't been reading comics, so that's it for me on these. Fantastic. Uh, as usual, folks, you can always find us on YouTube.com forward slash Splinter Forty Seven. You can spell all that out. That will be uh, us, that will be when that will be primarily where I post the podcast. Also on the the BGB.com our official home where we uh, post our podcast and also have a great amount of other content as well we we have the gcdt podcast mm-hmm. manned by deep boy speak red and, and hazy rome our uh, bgb pals in crime doing have their own <laughs> podcast going as well and itunes as well you can find us to download the uh, latest episodes when they when they go up, so that there's uh, plenty of ways to find us. I'm actually thinking about putting putting the podcast on uh, on Stitcher. I heard mm. Stitcher is is a streaming service as well, like an audio podcast streaming service that is you know very popular nowadays. Ooh, so that'll be very probably nice. a good avenue to expand the podcast further. Maybe that or SoundCloud, things like that. A lot of yeah. other streaming audio sites and services out there that that uh, get a lot of play that get posted there too so yeah i'll see what i could do getting it on there see if that helps expand it even further well perfect man looking forward to it but yes this has been episode 163 oh so many memories yes so many so many memories so too few memories but a lot of memories a little time to remember all of them yeah, <laughs> but yes, too. From uh, from God's to God's ears to you, thank you very much, ladies and gentlemen. Please. I love you all. Thank you very much, Splinter. You are a gentleman and a scholar. I am a thief and a liar. Good night, everyone. Witcher, plowing witcher, witcher.